Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another fantastic night of Fandom Excess. I am your ever-faithful host, AJ. Greetings and salutations. Big show tonight. Five shows. We have the season finale of 4400, which, God willing, is the last episode ever to air. Um, at least it's the last episode I'll ever be watching. Uh, we've got Resident Alien. We've got the season finale of Book of Boba Fett. We've got Snowpiercer and the return of Star Trek Discovery. So as soon as my lovely co-hosts get here, we will get crack-a-lacking. So. I haven't watching anything else that's of interest, I don't believe. I don't remember. What else have I been watching that I could talk about for a minute? Um, let's see. I watched The Woman in the House Across the Street from the Girl in the Window. It's the spoofy movie with Kristen, or TV series with Kristen Bell on Netflix, as you might have guessed. Uh, the spoofy part with a title like that. It's like, what was that? Uh, uh, don't drink juice. I don't remember that one, what that one was. Don't drink juice in the hood if you're in the south. Something I don't remember. I'm just going to stop babbling now. <laughs> oh, whoa. Um, what else is going on? What else did I watch? Anyway, so that that show was pretty good. It was a fun, spoofy show that didn't take itself seriously, but was still entertaining. Um, what else? I started watching a show on Amazon with Artie called Vox Machina. Might not be everybody's cup of tea, but it's friggin' hilarious. An animated show um, that reminds me a lot of Invincible. So, if you like Invincible, you might want to try Vox Machina. It's really funny. Uh, it's an animated show based on a group of actors who play a game together. Um, it's pretty cool. Um, anyway. Um, what else have I watching? Young Justice, which has been really good this season. You know, I just thought of something. I'm going to reload my Blog Talk radio page. And I'm logged out. My apologies. Give me one moment. Oh, crap. Not like my co-host to be this late. And that could have to do with the fact that... What the heck? Um... Please bear with me, folks. Aha! There we go. Hello. Hello. <laughs> oh my God, that was that was that so painful. Weren't that late? <laughs> that was so painful. <laughs> hello, hello. I'm, I don't. Um, you know, I'm sitting. I'm. I'm 
I, I was sitting here, I'm looking at the switchboard, and I'm like, huh. I'm like, usually one of them shows up by now. I was like, let me reload the page. I reload the page, and it brings you back to the main page of Blog Talk Radio to, to log in. When I had, I just logged in. <laughs> so it like, I don't, I don't know what happened. Um, yeah. Uh, Blog Talk Radio. I don't know what it is. Um, my, I have no Wi-Fi right now. I'm on my cell phone, which is fine dialing. But a couple minutes ago when I was trying to call my dad, who's in the house, I was trying to call his phone, it wouldn't even dial out. I don't know if, like, a, something got knocked down, like a power line or something, but um, if it goes off and you lose me, that's why, because I'm surprised it connected because it wouldn't connect with him. So. Well, we'll just keep I talking. Can't, it, I can't even get my Wi-Fi through the phone to work to look up stuff. So I got nothing in front of me. You guys are going to have to help me remember for the shows I watched long ago. Yeah. We have a little – I mean, we have this other technology problem because I feel like no matter how early I call in, even if I'm here uh, ahead of you, AJ, the switchboard just doesn't uh, let you know that we're here. So we'll continue every week to try to – Figure it out, I guess. You know, it's so funny, though. You don't think about how technology was not that long ago, because I was just thinking about uh, when I was talking to Teresa earlier today, she was, I think she was in Australia. I know she said it was 1030 in the morning there, so she must have been in Australia. But I'm thinking before, like, COVID, people didn't even really use video chat. I mean, you did, but not that often. I know. You don't think about, we go 10 years back, you couldn't be talking to somebody across the country and seeing them. But anyway. Yeah, it's actually it, – yeah. yeah. No, it is ironic. It is ironic that, you know, because of COVID, we started, you know, things that we already had access to but didn't really use, and then because right. of COVID, people started using them more, and now even with COVID, you know, pretty much ending, people are still – that's, like, the way things are now. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's get this show on the road. Right. What do you guys want to? All right. Uh, we have two. We have two season finales tonight. Um, potentially both of them series finales. Um, there are two shows that are not greenlit to return. Uh, so uh, you want to? I guess we'll hold Boba Fett till oh. last, so Jamie can sign off. Yes. Sounds good. And you wanna... let's let's just get let's just get the forty four hundred over and done with. Oh my God. Um, okay, AJ, why don't you lead off the conversation? <laughs> okay. Oh, me? Is that the oh, only yay. thing you can formulate? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I got plenty to say. Bring um, it. Say it. First, first of all, before I, before I watched the episode, I mean, I was already geared because of Karen's comment about how it reached the new low. And I said to Artie before I started watching it, and I'm like, you know, I was like, I'm mad at you. I was like, I shouldn't have let you off the hook. I should have made you hate watch with me every week so that I could enjoy the hate watch. I was like, it's not the same when you don't have somebody to hate watch with. But anyway. Oh, let Artie off the hook. So, first of all, they revealed the whole future aspect way too soon. Uh, the original 4400 show, we didn't find out until season four about the future. And that's, you know. Yeah. They were sending people back to fix the past because everything was such a shit show. Um, mm-hmm. Bomb girl, when 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 fucking Claudette Claudette finds Claudette finds the bomb girl, knocks her over the head. I don't know her name. Knocks her over the head. Oh yeah. 
All right, she cut the wire on the bomb, but two problems there. One, tie up bomb no. girl. Two, take take bomb with you. Don't just leave it there. All you've got to do is splice the wires back together. Yeah, because you can just the whole Logan. complaining about the pillar. <laughs> I, I have some other thoughts about, about the whole bombs also. Ew. Go ahead, AJ. The whole Logan. The whole Logan mess. I'm sorry. Maybe my eyes don't work. Maybe they didn't do a good job showing me. Logan's injury was not life-threatening. Yes, he had a gash on his back, but not to, to the point where he should be, like, near death. I'm sorry. Not for nothing. Um, uh, yeah. I can't. Uh, 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 yeah, I agree. I can't I think, think of words. No, I can't. Hurt. Th- he didn't get Hurt so much I can't think of words for a while, and then he's suddenly dying. Um, we assume uh, he died. You know, when, when treating an injury, rule number one: keep pressure on it. There was about ten to fifteen towels with hardly any blood on them laying around the randomly around the room. Like he should have been laying on the floor, and Hayden should have had a towel on his back and just held it there. When it gets completely soaked with blood, then you change towels. You don't keep changing towels every two minutes just because you feel like it. Like, that was the, yep. just the, the whole scene. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The whole scene was ridiculous. Um, yeah. So, oh, oh and, and, and we found out the, the sister, I'm, I'm calling her Iron Fist, because that's, you know, you see her fist is all, <laughs> yeah. like, made of yeah. iron and punching things. Um, ultimately, th- this finale cracked me up. Was uh, and, and, and I'm not talking about the dancing fucking lizard. I thought the dancing and dinosaur was, or lizard was funny, though. It was so stupid. That was, was stupid. Actually, but that's, but that's but the yeah, problem, Jamie. Stupid. It was so stupid. Why are these guys... Wait, wait, you, why, are, one at a time. why are these guys shooting at it? Why are these guys shooting at it? Yeah. I mean, and after nothing, LaDonna is hiding two feet from where the bullets are flying past her head. Like, that was yeah. not a good plan. I don't know how she didn't get but shot. She's only behind a fence. Jamie, uh, hold on. She's only behind a fence. She should have gotten shot five or six times. Well, Donna should actually probably be dead. But these idiots are shooting at something that clearly is not real. Yes, I know the 4,400 have powers, but I would expect a little more uh, mayhem than they were just like, oh, look, a dancing lizard. Let's shoot it. Like, come on. And I honestly, I thought when Donna took the bullhorn that she was going to, like, turn herself into a cop, you know, and like, and like have imaginary, you know, like make it, make it look like they were all being, you know, like there was a bunch of cops running down the street or something like that. Cause she had the bullhorn. No, she decides to have jam time with a lizard. Just unbelievably ridiculous. You want us to take the show seriously and then you do something idiotic like that. But this is my biggest gripe bar none. Okay. Throughout this whole show, we have said, this is a sci-fi show. It was very little focused on the sci-fi. Fine, whatever. The person creating the show is trying to get their, their voice heard and their message out there. Fine. I get that. I understand their message. I agree with their message. However, okay, their message has basically been bad government oppression. Okay? The government oppresses people of color, of, of anybody that's not the one percenters. Okay? And, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's the whole point of this. And I get that. Okay, and I, and I don't disagree with their message. However, when you take the people that are supposed to be sympathetic, 
and you turn them into people that are no fucking better, what is your message? Manny and his people, they think that killing all these people makes it better for them ultimately because then they're going to be pitied more and they're going to rise up and they're going to change the future. And then Claudette, who stops this at the end, is like, I think Manny had the right idea. Like, are you people even – like, are the, are the writers even in the room at the same time as the writing? Like, does each writer get their own section right and none of them concur with each other? You can't spend 11 episodes saying – Government, bad. Look what they do to innocent people. And then taking those innocent people and making them terrorists. You, you, you can't do that. It, 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 it completely contradicts your entire message. Your message is now pointless. You have no message anymore because the people you're supposed to be making the message for are as bad as the people that are oppressing them. And that's it. Who's next? All right. Well said. Well said. Jamie can be. Jamie's next. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Oh, well, like, <laughs> Jamie's, um, Jamie's bored with the show. Yeah. Um, I think it, my point was that what I thought was dumb is that it, 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 it it's bad enough. It, it's the lizard that they can should be able to tell the hallucination, but the facts are not. You know that it's not real. But the the dragon or dinosaur, whatever how you want to call it, it wasn't even attacking them. It was an iguana, you guys. You know how they like. Yeah, they called them lizards. But whatever. But it was just dancing. It wasn't even attacking anybody. That's the part that makes even less sense to me. Not that any of it made sense. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying, AJ. I mean, I guess that's kind of the point. But it, it's like the whole thing screwed up. Um, and, and I agree. They went to the future too fast. And now it's like there's this whole other storyline going on. And what I thought was really weird, and I even mentioned, is when Manny first goes to the future, I thought at first that maybe he had – traveled like to like the future before and then I realized no it's just bad writing because he he wakes up and he's like when am I (laughs) and they said he catched on caught on fast yeah he caught on too fast like why would you the first it's like the first word out of his mouth yes when am I that was so retarded sorry ridiculous I shouldn't say that no it was ridiculous yeah and um Yeah, it, it just the whole thing was messed up, and I don't understand that Logan. I didn't think they were. I don't know whether he's supposed to be dead or not. But you're right. There was no blood, but somehow he bled to death. And I, I guess what's his face went with him when he blooped. He, he grabbed it so he could go with him. But I, I don't know. It, it's just the whole thing so messed up. And her sister, the fact that she didn't listen to her after, and that like she ran off with the bad guys after they tried to kill her. That was just another one of the many things that made no sense, but I don't know. And then there's the little things, like I mentioned, when she pulled the, when um, Lily pulled the the pillars out, it irritated me because all I kept thinking is you can't pull apart a building. Like, what's holding up the roof if you keep pulling them all out? Which is like the least of their problems, but yeah, it's just bad. Although I do want to know what happened to Manny. Was it like he reverted to his original self when he died or something? I'm curious well, what happened there. I mean, that was weird. I want to talk about that in a minute. Um, I would that say, was like the only part you know, I'm curious about. I share a lot of your frustrations, uh, and I agree in particular with AJ that the reveal, the time travel reveal, like, came far too early. Um, mm-hmm. uh, oh. 
Wait, let me, I want to add something really quick before I forget, because I told you this, too. The other thing, the other one thing that was good is I liked when um, uh, Darrell shot, or not shot, stabbed the guy through Claudette, but they totally ripped that off of another movie. <laughs> my my other comment. Sorry, go ahead. Um, I mean, one of the few, so I would say, if I have to say something nice about the show, this episode, I would say at, at least the pacing was a little bit better. Like, I felt like at yeah. least it moved, and it didn't feel, like, sometimes the show feels like it's like an hour and a half, and it's taking forever, and some stuff is really rushed, and some stuff, like, drags out, right? Now, there's stuff that's rushed. Parts of the storyline were rushed to the point that they make no sense. Um, but, I mean, that was a little better. I am, um, I agree with so much of what you guys said. Um, I think a dancing iguana is one of the dumbest things I've seen. Um, I don't, I mean, okay, Jamie, like, like it was funny, but, but it was not in a good way. It was supposed to be funny. Not in a good way and totally out of place. This is not a comedy that we're watching, right? Like that, a dancing iguana might have a place on Resident Alien, but not on this show. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's a life and death situation. And, La, like Ladonna's like, let me like play Dua Lipa over my over my uh, megaphone here and make it dancing water. Like in what way? Uh, I don't understand how the forty forum terrorists like stood there and watched it. And the moment the, the moment they sh- to play the music because herself she wanted right, that music to blast out. Imaginary iguana can't dance without music. <laughs> I mean that part. No, I it think. Makes Maybe not. She can only do visual. She can only do visual and not audio. Yes, but why I guess. does she need Holy music to show a giant lizard? That's my All right, point. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> my point is that <laughs> the 40 Forum, as soon as they shot at it, should have immediately yeah. known it was a hallucination. Like, yes, these people, they do, they call them iguana people. They believe they're not human. I believe, like, maybe seeing a giant iguana for a moment might be something that would stun them for a minute, but only for the amount of time they stood there watching it, allowing so much other plot to play out is ridiculous. And like why LaDonna didn't make them believe they saw two SWAT trucks roll up, like makes no sense, right? I think she should have just showed the building empty when they came and attacked it. That's what I was well, thinking. I why not just show it like none of them are there? Although then you'd have to... I mean, well, part of, here, let me, part of the issue is like we don't really know to what extent everybody can control their powers and what they can do and how much, right? Like at first, LaDonna only could like change her own appearance. It hasn't really been seen that much that she's been able to project a hallucination like that, right? We've only previously seen her change her own appearance. So um, when the elevator, she changed a couple of people with her. I know. Anyway, go ahead. In this episode. All right. Um, to me, when I saw that dancing go on at that moment, I was done. I was just done with this episode. And anything that <laughs> could have come after it, that was interesting. And that was only like halfway through, right? I mean, I believe a lot of the stuff with Logan was terrible also. I mean, I do appreciate a little bit, if, I have to, if I'm trying to find some good, the idea that Logan being shot made Shanice see that she's really still in love with him. And she couldn't, yeah. she's not, she can't be with Andre, right? Although Andre can't be with her because he's holding this big secret that he's in cahoots with the future people, right? With the future. Um, but so it looks like 
So the green light, so far, it looks like it rescues 4,400 who are dying. Like, it, it rescued Manny. So Rev gets shot, and he's dying, and he bloops. Manny gets, and he's dying, and he bloops. Logan's not a 4,400. Logan gets stabbed, and he's done. Or what, uh, well, who knows what happened to him? He got, like, a, a cut not, out of nowhere, and suddenly he's yeah. dying, right? But at any rate... He's, Maybe Shanice is in the future and pulled him there. Who knows? Well, because why? Like, yeah. why would they take a random human, not a forty-four hundred? It doesn't really. Or were they taking Hayden? And like Hayden, like when the light yeah, comes, Hayden, Hayden throws himself on top of Logan, right? Yeah, I think. He, and it looks hitched a ride. I took it. Right, out. it looks like it's to protect him, but maybe that was an instinct. But maybe it was there for him after all. Like, I don't understand why the future I, people would be taking Logan. I think because all right, the only reason I could think of they take Logan because what what the future people are trying to do is correct whatever. I actually have a theory about the future because Manny makes a comment about being in this room and and not going outside. All right, hold Somebody on. Tell me hold that, that room is okay. Go ahead. All right, go ahead. Finish this. All right, finish that thought. Finish that thought. <laughs> hold that thought. <laughs> that room. I think that room is one of the last remaining places. I have a feeling if Manny went outside, most of the world would be in chaos. And I think that's where they're, whatever, you know, they're trying to fix. And I think it's possible, even though Logan isn't a 4,400, he might be an integral, he he might be an important person that's not a 4,400, which is why they save him, you know? And then whenever they send him back, he's not going to have powers or whatever. But you know what? It doesn't matter because I'm not watching the show anymore. <laughs> well, saying, I don't think the only reason I, to, answer, to, to answer your question, that's the only reason I could see taking Logan because even though he's not a forty-four hundred, he might be in him because he's because he's um, sympathetic to the forty-four hundred. Yeah. yeah. Um. I. I mean, I, I do want to talk about him. I. I. I'd say the only other thing that I thought maybe was really good. I liked when Shanice shot Manny while he was invisible. That she saw the curtain move. And knew mm-hmm. he was no, saying, was, but, uh, oh, I don't know why. If, if you're was, invisible, you don't have that to. That wasn't Shanice. That was, uh, Keisha. Keisha. That's the name. Keisha, yeah. I know, names are hard. I don't know hard. why. If you're invisible, you don't have to hide behind the curtain, but <laughs> he was behind the curtain. <laughs> I don't know that he was necessarily hiding behind it. I think he just probably All right, it. whatever. Or whatever. Don't whatever. my joke, Jamie. Don't steal my <laughs> wind out of my joke, Jamie. <laughs> Um, but, uh, I, I, you know, and she shoots, I liked that, that she shot him, but I kind of was like, I'm sorry, but here she is acting like a highly trained, like she's a, she's a, do parole officers get cut? Probation officer. Like, is that a thing? She's a probation officer. She's a probation officer. But she's not a cop. Probation officers are not cops. Does she do, do probation? I've never been on probation. I don't know if my probation officer gets the gun. I don't or know, not. but that's the least of the show's problems. That no, might not be no, why she had a gun. Yeah. She might have had a gun because everything was going on. Well, she's a gun, and she's a great. She's such a good shot. She can hit people who are invisible. I mean, <laughs> this is. A, <laughs> and that was the most ridiculous thing that happened in the episode. You know, another example of these poorly kind of developed things. But I'm the sorry, worst, it's, the it's worst, just bad writing. The worst was Manny because so while Manny's always been a little bit like militant and a little bit on the end, like he did, he did like have a camp where he sent like you know um, 
uh, Claudette and some of the 4400 to learn how to like be more radical protesters or whatever. Um, but I felt like they really had him go over an edge this week that wasn't previously really laid out. I don't, I didn't expect Manny to be a total like crazy person. Um, and you know, the plan that he has that, that I don't know how many, half the 40, if half the 4,400 get killed, the other 4,400 will get pissed and stand up. And I'm not really sure. It, it does appear that in the future, okay, first of all, I don't want to live 40 more years if I got to have hair like that, because that was a terrible haircut on that woman. That wig was awful. Um, so I hope I don't live 40 more years. Um, actually, if I live 40 more years, I'll be over 90, and um, I won't, my hair. My you won't like care that. what your hair looks like. At any, yeah, I won't care. I'll just be happy to be alive. But it did seem that the like there was a climate crisis, right? Like she says, Minnesota, Michigan, Michigan's been declared a climate sanctuary. It's been getting very crowded here, um, and it and so climate change appears to be like the big thing that's mentioned. Manny's very upset about inequality. Which hey, it's te- it is a terrible. I mean, we have terrible, terrible problems in this world with inequality, and he's very angry about stuff. But like being a terrorist isn't going to help. I'm not his really clear about how. Not going to help. His, and really, how are any of these people going to avert like the climate crisis? Like, like I don't. Yeah. I mean, whatever. We like they've done this. One butterfly doesn't matter. Four hundred people. Want, some of the forty-four hundred maybe are genius scientists that are going to. I don't know. Like it, it, like they dropped it too soon without really like, I don't know, let it play out. But I do feel like they made Manny into a total nut job just because suddenly this episode like needed him to like. I wish they would have showed more of him and let his sort of anger and misguided ideas leak out a little bit more, and we could have been saying more and more week after week. Oh, many dangerous, many dangerous, many dangerous, and then have this happen. Um, it does seem kind of ludicrous that you would have this kind of like militant armed. Okay, so what actually what we saw was like armed militants storming the Bois Blanc Hotel and no police reaction whatsoever, right? Um, and I mean, on the one hand, it felt kind of ridiculous. Like, how could that happen? Would they not, you know? And, and there was a point where one of the characters said, "Oh, if they weren't a bunch of white men, there'd be cops here, right? Like, if it was black people." Like storming the hotel, the, like the National Guard yeah. being here, but there are white people storming the hotel, and some of that was believable to me. But what was not believable to me is Jessica's dickhead boss, who somehow like, like his shadowy Department of Homeland Security, like can get to not intervene. Like that was kind of ridiculous. That like, like I don't know. That's part of the government is evil kind of thing, right? It's just it's mm-hmm. so unrealistic and so not. I mean, I know it's like a time travel superpower show, but like it's not grounded it's in not. any kind of. The, <laughs> no, but the original 4400, like I felt like that oh, yeah. felt real to me. The way Homeland Security was like reacting and monitoring them and dealing with yes. them and stuff, right? Um, mm-hmm. This, this, I don't know. This show is. Yeah, maybe and, it was know, a huge I, disappointment to whole, me. This whole time, you know, Maddie. To me, it felt like they tried. It, it, it felt like he was the Jordan Collier character, and mm-hmm. went crazy. <laughs> I mean, Collier mm-hmm. started basically a cult, and 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 you yeah. know, and created a sanctuary. I mean, and it wasn't until season two 
end of season two and then he disappeared for season three and then came back in season four. But he created a safe haven for the 4,400, you know, but, but the 40, yeah. but again, like you've said many times, Karen, the 4,400 were free to go and live their lives and, you know, and, and yeah, Homeland was monitoring yeah. and everything, but it was, this just, I, they took the premise of another show to, you know, to talk about their own grievances about the way people are treated in this country and Which made a bad TV miss, show. But, but made a bad TV show. I mean, am I the only one? Do you guys agree that, that man was like, was like over the top this week? Oh, man, he was, yeah, and man, I have a problem that Claudette agrees with him. Yeah, and that, yeah, that, that's the thing I'll say. also, Jamie brought that up earlier, and we didn't, I mean, you're right, Jamie. Bothered me too. I mean, and they and, and because they made her sound like she totally agreed, like they could have, like I wish Claudette would have said something like, "He's not wrong. I don't agree with his message. He's a little over the edge." But uh, you know, like yeah, yeah. I mean, not what she said, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, so now Manny comes back. Manny comes back and he appears to only have been gone five minutes and never been abducted. So I I think we're not talking just about time travel, but timelines. Like they've now taken Manny from a different timeline and dropped him in there maybe, right? Well, they did um, yeah. make a mention of – I kind of wondered if they were talking about a multiverse thing at one point because they said something about like how many different ways it could happen. And at first I thought they were talking about simulation, but I don't think they were. Yeah. So that – Definitely makes sense, but I don't think they should be yeah, no, it the multiverse like story. That, their, that, their that, main that, plot that, doesn't even make sense. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that was another problem. They did say that this isn't. They've tried this numerous times, and it hasn't worked. So now, you know, like they, they keep upping they, the amount of people they take. I wonder if they maybe reset, and it would be interesting if the other people came back, the ones that died, like if they showed up before, like right, like they weren't gone. That'd be kind of weird. I, 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 at, I don't. It won't at happen. At first, I thought. At first, I thought, as Jamie did, that they were talking about simulations, like because they, I think they called them like iterations, and like as many times as they've, you know, and I thought also they were talking about modeling or something, and I think maybe they were at some point, um, but they also. The woman who's the assistant, is her name Amber, I think? Um, she's, no, the one who's the boss from the future. I forget her name. Sienna. Sienna Stone. Yeah. Um, Sienna somebody. Sienna she Stone. says to Andre, Stone. she says to Andre, like, the blah blank, the blah blank never works out for you, or, you know, it's never good for you yep. every time. Yeah. Like, right? It's yeah, like, it's Andre like died in all their previous. So I think it might be, yeah, multiverses. Yeah, maybe in that one he didn't die, at least. I don't know. The thing that so, I find strange is that they may get, like, that group from the future may not be bad, right? They're trying to fix things. Now, they didn't even agree with what Manny did. So they've gone back to the past, and they're trying other ways to fix it. But I, I, it's weird because the assistant lady seems so evil. Like, what's your power? Like, they made it like they were bad. I don't know. And then it sort of changed. It just the whole thing <laughs> it's just bad writing. It's just. I mean, I'm, it's bad writing. I'm they're, trying to. They're, they're trying. They're they're not connecting their dots. Like I said, it's not. It's, it's almost like every writer is in a room by themselves and they all write parts and then they put them, piece them together and don't look at what yeah. they've done before they put it on. 
Yeah, they don't read each other's part of the script <laughs> to make yeah. sure they fit together. And so time it's travel. Like one of those stories we used to do in high school where in, when we were on the school bus, we'd each write a piece of the story and then hand it to the next person and they'd write a piece of the story. That's what it <laughs> I remember doing that. We got, you get this crazy-ass thing that makes no sense. Yeah, yeah that's pretty much it. Um, so, like, all time travel shows have to have a set of rules that they're bound by, right? And like, they like throwing in, throwing in like some multiverse. Like, are we going in like more of a? Not that Twelve Monkeys was a multiverse, but Twelve Monkeys had like you know, different timelines yeah. kind of thing going on. Um, like, did they, well, they, had more like, they had more like a time loop type of thing going yeah. on sometimes. Yeah, and they but closed, at least but they would close they, the loop yeah. or whatever. But, but they but they stuck within their own confines of their <clears throat> rules. And that's one thing Karen and I always talk about with shows like this, continuum. Once you learn the rules, you're, you're good. You know, until you learn yeah, the rules, you're kind of like, okay, what's them, going on? Right, and, and, and the good shows don't break them. This show hasn't even yeah. set the rules, and they've already, they, they set rules they haven't broken, or they broke rules they haven't even set because they can't be doing what they did. It's... It, yeah. It's going to hurt my brain. I started thinking about it. Um, how have they done all these different iterations? I was like, did they did they take the people a day before the original time they took them? So that, it, you know, it's, it's just like to, to start okay. over. Like, how do you start over? How do you keep changing? How do you keep redoing it over and over? Like, it just, it, it doesn't work. And so... So Manny went to the future, and he lived two years and was aware of, like, he remembers and is aware of the two years he spent in future Detroit. Comes back fully aware. Other people, I mean, Andre spent 80 years and has no awareness of it whatsoever, right? Andre's gone for 80 years. I I think, and maybe I'm misunderstanding this, but then again, it's hard to tell with this script. I think the difference is he was brought forward in well they were brought forward in the future too but they weren't you said they don't remember the 80 years or whatever they didn't live those years they just brought right. them forward in the future he was there well, for two years but I, he was I, where I disagree forward to there well when they first I'm brought him to the future he was aware that's a problem but I'm saying the two years that he lived he lived those years as opposed to the people that yes. were just pulled at the time but well, he still Jimmy, remembered I, his life and everything when he first got there. Yes. So, yeah, it doesn't mean it's Jimmy, it's not an immediate blip from, like, okay, yes, it looks as though they were immediate, they are promoted forward. They're all called to this moment to Belle Isle. Somehow they're called through time to this moment in Belle Isle. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is they had to stop somewhere to be engineered to have powers. Right. Like, you don't, okay, it's That's one thing true. to be able to, like, they're, they're not all mind powers. One of them has a titanium has an iron fist like that's like a level of of like i don't know genetic like something was done to them for some amount of time right like they had to make a stop somewhere to be worked on um so i mean maybe that's short and maybe they're kept unconscious but also wherever they made that stop it was post like 20 18 or whatever, whenever Manny gets, I don't know, whatever. Like they're yeah, all they like, brought him like, to the future, then sent him back to the past, I guess. Yeah, right? They had to go to the future to be engineered and then go back to Bell Isle. Unless so, time travel I don't know, caused it. I don't know what's going on with that. Um, Maybe I, time I also feel, 
I also feel, and we're going to have to probably move on from this, but I also feel that it's not really well established why Manny is the one person in all, like, in all of time and history is the one guy that's smart enough to build a time machine. To me, it's not established that he's a brilliant scientist. Like, in his talks with Jarrell, he's like, there's a thing called ZMT, and I know all the stuff, and look at look at the Fibonacci sequence and whatever, and the golden spiral. But he never, it's never really said, like, like, did he work at NASA? Was he a physics researcher? Like, what, like, how exactly, or is he just some smart guy sitting in right. his, like, little apartment in Detroit reading The Wrinkle in Time and being all smart, right? Like, like, I don't know. I feel like his backstory is not fleshed out enough to warrant him being, like the one person that the future felt could save them. Yeah. He's a mess. He's a mess of a character. And and I can't believe it's not, I mean, it's not canceled yet, but I can't believe this will get greenlit for another year. Although I don't know what the number, I haven't looked at the numbers. I don't know what the ratings are. I don't know. Well, it doesn't um, matter to me if it does or not. <laughs> I'm not watching, I'm not watching it I won't watch. I won't watch a second season of this mess. All, All right. right. So with that said, why don't we move on to uh, Resident Alien? Okay. Yeah. This was the girls' night episode. Yeah, I was going to say, no, yes, I can't look so up anything fun. to read through recaps, so I don't go ahead. She might, might have to help me with these. But, but yes. Oh, wait, that's right. That was the last one I've seen. I won't have problems with reading with Resident Alien because I didn't see any further. Um, this is one where he goes on the sort of date. That, it's not really a date, but the producer called it a date with um, – that lady, right? Katie's cousin. Katie's cousin. And where he turns yeah. into her, which is so hilarious. I need to, I got to say, though, I want to rewatch this to see it with the effects done, because whenever he turns into her and he's dressed up as her, which is so funny, um, but, like, whenever he's swinging that guy around the room or whatever, it's completely wire work and everything, so I didn't actually get to see it. I want to see what it looks like. But... Um, I, I liked him him pretending to be that lady. That was, so that was the main standout it, thing for me. It was all right. Um, I mean, I prefer all parts of the show always that involve the kids. And I, I really thought the standout, um, I thought the standout scenes were of the women at Girls' Night. I thought, like, it was, um, yeah. I thought, like, a lot of them do a good job of playing drunk, like, acting for an actor. Act- not all actors yeah. are good at acting drunk. I thought they were all pretty good. And I thought it really went a long way in establishing, fleshing out, reinforcing the relationships of these women. Like, I had never really considered that Liv has lived there all of their life and has known them all since they were kids also, right? Um, yeah, they've said I that before, it, actually. I know, but I never really saw it. Like, not in I never room. really I never really Seeing it visually, it, right? When you see it, yeah. You, yeah. When you get a visual of them as kids, then you kind of go, oh. <laughs> or so when let, I let see me her have... out of the uniform, when I see her out of the uniform and in the bar with them, and I can see a relationship that's not just her being the town's right. cop. Like it, it all kind of like came together for me a little bit more. These women in this small town together. Um, I was just going to ask before I mix up things. This is the one where she is with the sheriff at the beginning, right? In the house? Yes. Okay, yes. That's what I thought. And this is the one where they tell Harry sort of what's going on. I'm watching the way I they say They tell Harry what's going on? 
they're not tell Harry what's going on, but they they know what kind of know what's going on. Well, they, they, they got their they've had their brain okay, okay. to think that the at. FBI that's told them without saying it. Okay, that's what I was asking. I mean, it's the opposite okay, yeah, of what's going on. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I kind of feel in a way like that was a little bit of a cop out that they wiped their minds, but there wasn't really. They had to do something, you know what I mean? It couldn't keep going the way it was. But I did really like the part of them doing the fake house hunting and her completely taking over and, like, making him out like an idiot and everything. I thought that was really Yeah, it was pretty funny. I liked together. Um, and I also liked that she got her, their um, – they, they were complaining about the wages and, like, they, how they had things in the helicopter and that. That was silly, but it was kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, I I, I liked the storyline that Liv has never had a raise in her entire career. She's such a quiet and, like, you know, uh, I mean, that's consistent with her personality that she would not fight for a raise and that they would take advantage of her. It does it does seem like while the sheriff is a um, abrasive personality, like, it I don't know that I had really seen in him before that he would just not give someone a raise for her entire career because she's a woman, like that he wouldn't. I mean, it, you know, the mayor tries to cop out and say, oh, you know, the town council makes the budget and I just sign off on it or whatever. Um, and that the sheriff had never, like, I don't know, fought for a little at all was a little, dis- I don't know, it was a little disappointing, right? All those male characters really disappointed me. Like, Mayor yeah. Ben is such a, like, sort of, um, Pushover. Well, yeah, but he's such a like sensitive man of the woke man of the new century or whatever, right? <laughs> that I feel like he would not be a guy who would who would allow that kind of unfairness to happen, and that he knew about it was like whatever. I can't do it. like 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 it was very like probably representing what if, things if are that they don't all people don't all no, is a problem. If it wasn't such a light show, it's very disappointing. He 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 really disappointed yeah. me, right? Yeah, um, you mean the character did, not the script wise, just that yeah. he thought he was better than that. Yeah. Um I agree. Yeah. The other thing I want to ask is is this the one I'm pretty sure this is the episode with the joke wherever um the the kid once again catches his parents playing and they say something. Like, like, they well, they were talking. They were talking. They were. He's like, "Can I play?" I was. They were. They were. So they were talking. Yeah, they were talking about something, and he's like, "He goes, you got a new game? I want to play." Yeah. yeah. That was funny. Which that was I gotta. I gotta say, I feel like um, ever ever since you know the, the finale of last season when Kate and the mayor. Um, they became one thing. You know, yeah. They they became yeah ever since then they be you know they've become not boring. Um, I, I feel like this was really Kate's episode. Like I feel like she owned this episode. You know when her oh, yeah. what was her yeah. what was her alter what was her alter ego um, Kendra Kendra and he's like hey, yeah who's Kendra and she's like oh you haven't seen Kendra <laughs> like she Kate just owned <laughs> well, this episode everything she did was great um, yeah well and it also comes out. Not only does it come out that she's a lawyer, and I think she has a second advanced degree. She's like a did she say she's a JD MBA or she's a yeah uh, she's something she she's she's like a JD MBA or a JD PhD or something. She's highly educated and she stayed home ever since Max was born. And you do see some resentment come out 
when she's drunk, right? Yeah. Like she yeah. makes a couple snippy remarks that she's not necessarily satisfied that life. Uh, so that was kind of it. Like that was kind of true. I don't always expect this show to give depth to the supporting characters. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. and then, speaking of, and that reminds me, uh, you know, because she she was talking about the ice dildo in the freezer that Mike Max thinks it's to keep her drinks cold. Um, <laughs> but speak, let me think of Max. That was so funny <clears throat> when they're trying to figure out what's going on with him after he gets the hair on his back, and then all of a sudden. She's like, oh, my God, what's going to happen next? And she, like, looks, and he's gone, and he's, like, closer to her, and he's like, hey. And she's like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's got, like, this all hell, but, though, type of thing. It's like, but I think the highlight, of that. the highlight part for the kids for me was after Asta yells at Harry for the umpteenth time, and he's like, she's like, you know, maybe the next time a, a woman says something, you should sit down, shut up, and listen and say, yes, ma'am. And then he, and the next woman he talks to is a little girl. Sahar. And he yeah, actually Sahar. Says, Sahar. And he's like, yes, yeah, ma'am. And she's like, she was like, cool. <laughs> that was good. He's got the power. No, yeah, that is funny. Yeah. Yeah. It, so it, it, this, let me ask you guys ahead. a quick question. Uh, I, first of all, I love the MASH ending. I thought that was great. I just, me I got too. such I a kick that. out of that. The thing that caught my attention was right at the end there when Kate's looking up at her and she's like, isn't Darcy great? And Ben's like, yeah, she is. I kind of, I kind of felt something earlier in the episode when they were around the table drunk and everything, but that moment there, I I wonder if this show is going to go in another unusual direction. I'm, I'm almost wondering if those three can become a throuple. That's interesting because, you know, he says, he, he says, I have to tell you something, right? After being counseled by the sheriff in hilarious manner yeah. earlier, that sheriff is like, no way oh my God. tell your wife. Get the Bible. Get a phone book. Get a phone book. <laughs> or a phone book, yeah. Your head. <laughs> and the boat will get as far as D for dumbass or whatever he says. Uh, but yeah. at the end, Ben says, I have to tell you something. And I was like, oh, my God, is he really going to tell um, – is he really going to tell her? But that's Jeez. interesting. I hadn't thought about that. I thought maybe they would, because she has already seemed to be a little dissatisfied with her life, would that, you know, but yeah. just, like having a threesome, that would be highly, could be highly entertaining. Um, I, I thought all, all that storyline to me would, had so much more depth than I, than I ever expect from the show. And then I thought really, I thought the part, Harry, like sucking up to, to cousin, the cousin, um, Katie's cousin, and then Kate's cousin, and then, um, you know, taking, um, not taking over her body, but taking on her appearance and going to the lake, you know, and, and Asa says, like, you should try being a woman, and, you know, then he, he's like, like, not only sexually harassed, but, like, assault almost assaulted, right? Like putting your hands on a person. Um, I, I thought Harry's experience of like in having his body was not as well done and not paid as much attention. For sure that spent two seasons now with Harry like trying to understand what it is to be human and that in 20 minutes he suddenly understands what it's like to be a woman is, I don't know. Well, 
you know, to be at, fair, at best, I don't think Harry best, completely we, understands. Right. Right. I think of he's got a not. taste for it. Because Harry doesn't understand anything. Yeah. I just thought it wasn't as well done and given nearly as much attention as, like, um, the the larger, like, great job they did um, with the storyline of the women not being paid as much and, and, and yeah. you know, Kate's frustration and everybody's frustrated. Like, that was all played out so well, and then they played the Harry side for laughs more than for, you know, they played it for laughs and... And, and, and like, he doesn't ever have to deal with, like, you know, I mean, yes, there's a, there's a very egregious um, bit of sexual harassment there, but it's not like he, he impersonated for two weeks and dealt with, like, daily microaggressions right. like every woman does well, all day, every day, right? Yeah, I think the Harry part, because the Harry story this week, I think, I feel like that was the B story. Yeah. And I feel like I think you're right. the yeah. girls might. Was definitely yeah, the right. A story. Yeah, you're right. It was, um, and it, it was really sort of a side trip that didn't focus that much on saving us from being annihilated. Like, yes, he wanted to steal a little piece of technology to help him, like, phone home, and so yeah, it furthered the storyline a little bit, but it really didn't like involve much progress and we didn't see the guy um the guy the agent who almost who almost got killed okay the you know the men in black the man like this okay yeah. we didn't see fake Mulder, the Mulder, you know the, the hapless Mulder character um who's been hiding because linda hamilton wants him dead um like we didn't see him i i know the kids found the rv but other than that we haven't seen that go anywhere right which is fine it's the early part yeah. of the season this was just this was like a yeah. little side trip i i thought yeah. it was great i really enjoyed it i don't really mean that as a criticism i thought it was a good episode and, and oh, oh oh we can't can't not talk about him talking about et <laughs> you like his big bulbous <laughs> head and his cute little web feet <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not yeah, as pretty as E.T., but I'm smarter. E.T. is a dummy. E.T. is really attractive, really good looking. <laughs> hey, <bud. laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was good. I really enjoyed this. This is one of my favorite episodes so far, I think. Um, yeah, mine too one of the best written and like uh, they're doing such a good job with Darcy right like they're like Darcy like like she was she can be played for laughs sometimes and she was played for laughs a lot more in the first season but she's really um uh like getting more and more developed and better and better and I was surprised to see Kate get that treatment Especially since Kate and Ben have been played for laughs a lot this season, now that they're like all like super sexed up from their violent encounter. <laughs> uh, I yeah, it surprised. It, it, well, you know, I, you know, I tend to like the show a little bit less than you guys do, so it surprised me probably more than it surprised you guys. Um. But yeah, uh, probably my favorite episode uh, so far. Alrighty. All right. So, 
on to Snowpiercer, the return of Melanie, sort of. <laughs> sort of. Oh yeah, you guys, you said that. This is the one about the the sort of box. Is it a box car? Whatever, the train car. The three train yeah, yeah, cars it, it, that are walking the track. Yeah. Three yeah. abandoned train cars. I can't even look up to see what happened in this episode. I still have no internet. Um, yeah. This is where you guys were, were saying about Melanie coming back, and I'm like, I can't say anything, and I'm like thinking, like you know, just because she's there doesn't mean she's alive. Now that doesn't mean later on. Well, I mean, we always, I don't know, we always, but, yeah, we always considered the but, possibility that she would be a, a flashback or a hallucination or a vision or something, yeah. right? Yeah, um, but at least she's in it. But I, well, I think you know, yeah, funny. she's probably. In. I mean, I don't think they're going to bring her back, but. As soon as Artie saw her, Artie goes, he goes, see, I knew she wasn't dead. I said, she's a hallucination. He goes, I know. He goes, but you don't get Jennifer Connelly for one episode. I was like, stop thinking yeah. like that. I was like, you're going to be very disappointed. Yeah, but they I think have like, I think a hallucination I, all season for all we know. And, that, and I, I have Well, no yeah, they, they could do that. That, that. That's that's an interesting thought, which I, I hope they don't do that because I think that's overkill. Yeah, I hope they um, don't do, but. But it was, I mean, it I, I think she could be night. alive. Karen, stop it. Asha survived eight, it just brought on an, They just brought on a new <laughs> character who survived eight years out there. So they've established, I mean, they wrote themselves an out. They wrote themselves an yeah, out. But, they wrote themselves the possibility that people survive. They, they wrote the possibility that, person, that you that, just got to find a warm spot. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm just saying. But, I'm just saying. Like, like, and, you're and right. I know, I know what you're saying. You don't get and, Jennifer and Collins for saying, and, and I'm not. It's not possible she's alive. But if she is alive, there better be a damn good script behind it. Yes, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Fair all I'm saying. Yes, I thought as much as I hate. Um, I mean, as much as I hate. So these weren't really hallucinations. I felt like like Melanie was a representation of the character's inner monologue. Um, and I thought those scenes were actually really well written and well directed, well shot, well acted, well done. I thought they were they were really good and just the right amount of them. And and the characters' reactions to them were like, um, I, I, yeah, I really felt that what it's a representation of the characters' inner voice and inner monologue. And and seeing Melanie allows us to, and particularly the way the way um, Alex has been reading her mother's journals, right? So like it's it's in her mind like her mother like I I just thought I really liked the way they did it I don't know if you guys disagree and you felt that it was a true hallucination but I really didn't maybe no I don't think even Wilford was hallucinating I think he was he's obsessed with Melanie so it makes sense he'd be thinking of her No I agree I think it was intermodal you know they were talking yeah, directly to Melanie like I think they were talking but to I don't her think they actually saw her I think they knew she was yes. there I don't think like they really saw her Yes. Yeah. No, I agree. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so, and I'm the number one person who hates that kind of thing. So this mm-hmm. might be one of the best uses of it I've seen in a long time. Yeah, it was so, yeah, I really well. liked that part of the episode. Yeah. Um, let me see what's going on here. I'm baking cookies while I talk to you guys. Um, what kind? I want some. <laughs> uh, shortbread is there, like a... Send them air mail. Vanilla shortbread cookies um, with a they lot of honey. They're pretty sweet. Yeah. Cool. Um, uh, 
so, I mean, I thought that was good. I, you know, I think a lot of the action, like the whole, uh, I, I liked also that the whole thing with Alex getting off the train all, I, I really like that even with Wilford in a cell, they find a way to demonstrate new horrors that he commits or has committed, right? Like, like uh-huh. we're learning more and more horrible things that he's done without him having to like be doing uh-huh. them. I just, you know, I, I mean, it was horrible, right? That he like, he basically, I mean, I think we knew that he had called the train, right? Like, I think we learned that last season that he had called the passengers. Um, but, uh, am I wrong? Was that was that a surprise to you guys? I thought I feel like, maybe no, I there was a, there was a conversation about it. I don't think we knew to to the extent where he dropped three right. cars with people in them like that. Um, Just left in the three to and, that, and yeah. not for nothing. I, I I did have one little problem with it, and that only mm-hmm. my only problem with that is when Layton and Wilford were were vying for power. Why did Alex or anybody else that's aware of this not step up and say, um, just so you know, Wilfred has no problem dropping cars with people in them and letting them freeze to death for his own benefit. Like, why would that not be brought up sooner? <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and I guess, I mean, part of it can be, I mean, Alex feels guilty though. And, you know, that was part of the story with this and everything is how guilty she feels about it and everything. So I guess that could maybe be the answer. But I just I feel like it's one of those I feel like it's it's one of those things that you would think we would have known about prior to seeing it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I guess I can see how everybody on Big Al, except for Alex. Most people on Big Alice are either 100 percent totally brainwashed into the cult of personality the way Kevin was, right? That they would do anything for Wilford or they're so terrified of Wilford and his power that maybe that's why they wouldn't speak up, but someone like Alex, for sure. Like, why Alex didn't speak up until before this, like, because Alex knew, right? And everybody knew. Everybody's going to notice that, like, three carloads are gone and all these people are gone and that he he evaluated them all, like, based on their skills and their strengths or whatever and left the weakest to die. Um... It's a really, really horrible thing that he did. Um, and uh, that's a good point. Why nobody brought it up? Nobody like nobody knows that this is. I feel like maybe we knew yeah. that it happened, but um, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, what else happened in this episode? Okay, so so uh, of course it turns out that they need Wilford's advice. I mean, I guess that's why Andre is keeping him alive. I kind of was wondering why Andre was keeping him alive because it seems to me like Wilford needs to be killed and keeping him alive on your train in a cage, like only leaves open the possibility that he'll escape or figure something out or someone will help him, right? Um, no, but it turns that's out, not why. No, it turns out that He talked to um, Rick Grimes first, and Rick Grimes said, listen, I let Negan live because we got to do things differently. You got to do the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) 
And it turns out that they need him to figure out how to, like, unhook these train cars or whatever, right? So, like, it's good that they kept him alive. Uh, but, of course, in the end, Alex figures it out herself because of her memory of that night. In the meantime, unbeknownst to them, Roche gets in there and tries to kill him, which I do feel like that was kind of predictable, and they should have been keeping a better eye oh, on Oh, absolutely. Like, like uh, right? Yeah. Like, like, did anybody mm-hmm. not see that coming? Well, we all saw it coming. I can't believe nobody on this train saw it coming. Or certainly, why didn't Till see it coming? Till knows him better than anyone. Yes. He was also kind of shady oh. about it, so. Yeah. Well, but... he's like, I have to so... see where she died. Like, and, and, and he manages to get drugs out of the drawers or something? Like, all that was, like, a little crazy. Yeah. Um, so, I did wonder for a minute. Uh, I'm like, could could he really die? It is. It's like, is this when he's gonna die? Because yeah. it is a uh, uh, what's his name, the actor. It is a. Uh, it is Sean Bean. Sean Bean. Sean Bean, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, maybe he'll actually die. Yeah, I didn't. I yeah, no, I didn't see Wilford going out like that. Um, yeah. I'm not a person who I I'm not a shipper by any stretch of the imagination. How cute are put are are fucking Pike and Ruth? Oh my god! <laughs> That's funny because I like I thought, am I supposed to be shipping them? Are people shipping them? And I'm not aware of this. And I guess maybe they are. And now they really will be. They are kind of cute. In a, it's an interesting pairing that never could happen in season one or two, right? No, and it's funny because until I they think were, that's when you, you guys know, talked about it. <laughs> But oh, it's, it's funny because I hadn't thought I hadn't even thought of the possibility of those two hooking up until it was happening, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "They're actually kind of perfect together." I was like, "You know, it's like it's like they're really cute together." <laughs> yeah, they both. And, and, and on that changed. note, yeah. yeah, I was just gonna say on that note, Pike is a hundred percent right. Ruth should be leading that train, not Layton. I said it all last. I said, I said it last week. I said it since season one, Leighton is not a leader. He, he, revolution, you need to overthrow something. Yes. Leighton is your man. Once everything's peace, peacetime, Leighton should be delegated to something else other than leading because he is awful at it. <laughs> so let Ruth lead, lead the train. Yep. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think Ruth was not trustworthy for a long time. Right. Um, she certainly proved herself. Uh, over the last like, she certainly proved herself over. The, oh my God! <laughs> Can you stay away? Sorry, I can't help it. I was up till four o'clock last night watching Stranger like, falling asleep. Like, it's like, um, I keep boring Jamie. <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm just sleepy. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, I mean, she has proved herself, and also Ruth really knows a lot about motivating people and keeping peace on the train and the passengers more like Andre can give a good speech and um, uh, he's taken a, a like a leaf from from Ruth's playbook in terms of like telling a lie and, and Andre can be a little inspirational but Ruth really has eight years of experience of keeping the passengers in line by buying them by like remember how she and Melanie would be like oh like the passengers are getting restless. Let's like have a party in the in the night car. Let's let everybody have extra food. Like she knows, she has a lot of experience in keeping the train satisfied and smooth and running. Right from her years yeah. in hospitality, she would be really good. Um, she's really changed a lot. Um, but see, I don't trust 
Pike, when Pike says you should be running this train, and, like, you think to yourself, huh, that's a really good idea, like, does Pike really think it's a good idea, or is he just, does he just, does he want Ruth to run the train, or does he just not want Andre to run the train, I guess, is what I'm thinking, but not, not that I think he doesn't really like Ruth, I don't think he's using her, I think he does really like her, but I think, I think more than thinking Ruth should run the train, he just thinks someone who's not Andre should run the train. That's a good point. That's what I, I mean, you might that's be what right. I think. That's what I think Pike I, I think is it's really a little about. Bit, I think it's a little bit of both. And he's he's right, though. Andre should – and that's the thing. Pike sees through Andre. Pike might not know – does Pike know the secret? Does he know that the, the – the, no, he doesn't. He doesn't know that know the uh, – About the story. lie. No, because – he Ruth refused, doesn't he tell him about the lie. That's right. Ruth is like, you should have, you were invited to join us. Like, uh, no, Andre's like, you're late. And, and Pike says, I wasn't invited. And Andre says, you were invited like weeks ago and you didn't show up. Yeah. Pike opted I, out. I, yeah. Well, Pike, I mean, they have a history, you know, as it is. But Pike sees through Andre. And, he, you know, I, I, he sees what I see is that Andre's just not a good leader and you can't always trust Andre. You know, as much as you want to, he's not always trustworthy. But you can't – he's more trustworthy than Pike. I mean, at least I think Andre is an altruistic person. Andre believes – oh, my God, Jamie. (laughs) You're all sweet, girl. Andre believes he's doing what's best for the train, right? I do think Pike is really motivated by what's best for Pike. Like, I just think, like, Pike is still a very um, shady, self-interested, like, criminal-type character. He does open up this week where, you know, Ruth is like, why didn't you accept Andre's invitation to, like, pick a vocation and become a leader? We could use you. And Pike says something like, oh, the best of me is already gone, or, like, Pike – Pike clearly doesn't have, like, a high opinion of himself, right? Or much self, like, he clearly has some, um, and we don't know what his past was before he even got on the train, or if we do, I forgot what it is. Um, don't know. So I kind of don't trust him, and, and I think he, I think his interest in going against Andre supersedes really being able to see what's best for the train. Because if it's not Ruth, then it's not. And I don't know if Ruth really wants to. Ruth didn't seem to think that she wanted to lead, right? Um, uh, Ruth was a very good good second in command for Melanie, and she's been a very good second in command for Leighton, and maybe she's happy with that. But, like, who else is there? If not Leighton and not Ruth. Josie. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, Anybody no. but Leighton. <laughs> I just, no, I don't I really see think, him getting I disagree them. with you. He's not that bad. Anybody but Leighton is not. Mm. A, AJ, you don't mean that. All right, Anybody all right, but right, Leighton, come saying, on. Saying, how about, right, how about saying, Audrey? Right, how about Bobby? Like, <laughs> saying, right, saying anybody was, was maybe a bit of a stretch, but I just, <laughs> there are better choices. There are, be, all right, not anybody, but there's better cho- Oh, how about LJ? Hmm. I'm kidding. Um, right? Not anybody. <laughs> um, There's a lot of people. How's that? Yeah. So, um, oh, there was some other thing that I want to talk about that happened. Oh, we're going to talk about Zara. I, like, I, I oh. really 
hate Zara. I've always, I've never liked Zara. And once again this week, it was proven how bad Zara is, right? Uh, and Let I me just agree say, with say it again. Every what? week I say this. Every week I say it. I say it almost every single week. The only week I don't say it is Zara's not in the episode. Fuck Zara. Yeah, Zara's the worst. <laughs> I um, hate Zara. I really think Andre's only with her for the baby. I I like like okay they were engaged before they busted on the train and then Zara like betrayed everybody in in the tail to get herself up into third right um, and Zara okay. always looks out Zara's a lot like LJ I think in like always looking for what she can get and how she can advance herself but not as um, but not as psychotic maybe more like Pike I'd say she's more like Pike than LJ because LJ oh, no. Pike. Pike no, would I never suck. That Pike is out for Pike, I mean, in that sense. Well, LJ's so, out for LJ. LJ's out for LJ. Well, but LJ's but with a dose of, yeah. Well, she's That's also true. psychotic, but, but LJ, there's no way Pike would never suck up to Wilford to get himself ahead, which is what both That's of those true. two have done. That's fair. You're right. Um, and I think yeah. Andre is, when Andre yelled at Wilford and said, you will never separate, come between me and my daughter, I'm like, oh, that's it. That, like, Andre just told it to himself. The reason he's with Zara is because of the baby. I think he loves Josie. I think he, maybe he can't forget what Zara did. Maybe he wants to get back to what he had pre-train. But he is not, uh, like, I think he's with it for the baby. And what do you guys think about oh, her absolutely. letting the Headwoods experiment on the baby? Do you think she had a choice? Do you think, like, I mean. I don't think she had a choice. It was going to happen anyway. But. She was a little too. I don't. Not having a choice and letting them do it is different than what she did, though. Yeah. I, it was happening like either way, but but she let it happen, and it, you know she did not yeah. put up a fight at all. No, she didn't have a choice, but she made the choice. Like she went along with it, right? I don't yeah. think they really had yeah, to convince yeah, her that much, and they didn't force her. No, no, not really. Yeah. I think so too, and you know, um, uh, so Wilford says it's a gift. I mean, guess. I mean, it's kind of sick, right? Because like, I guess there's an argument to be made that they were making, trying to make people who could eventually live off the train because they could tolerate the cold, but that's not really it. I think Wilford always wanted to make more icy bot like weapons, right? Like, I think yeah. Wilford was weaponizing that child, not, like, trying to be like, we as a human race need to be able to tolerate cold if we're ever going to survive. No, he wanted another weapon and a soldier, like yes. he was making with Icy Bottom with Josie. Right? Yep. Absolutely. You're saying yes. You guys agree. Yeah. Um, We've got quite a few yeah. years to wait. <laughs> been for it. Been yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Like, how often are you going to have a baby on Big Alice, right? Oh, my God. And that's the thing. This is, I mean, for for Wilford, this is an experiment. If it fails, we change some things up and try again next time. Yeah. You know? Wilford doesn't care about the welfare of the baby itself, you know? No, he's he doesn't. Trying to, he's, he, he's, you know, his plan is to eventually, you know, have an army of icy bobs. Yeah, it's going to take a long time, but <laughs> doing it that yeah. way. But well, because 
Because Wilford doesn't want to get another way to play God. Make, yeah, because he doesn't want to get off the train. If they ever got off the train, Wilford right. couldn't be the king anymore, right? Like right. Wilford doesn't exactly. want to make people able to live off the train. He wants people to stay on the train. Like he's making that baby a weapon. Yep. Absolutely. I would not be. I would not be unhappy to see something like Zara dies in childbirth. Like that would be great. Because uh, I hate her. That'd be such a shame. Oh, that's such a shame. Bye bye, Zara. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess we need I've someone hated, to keep manipulating Leighton. Leighton. <laughs> I've hated Zara since season one, so. Yeah, bye bye. Oh, yeah. She's, she's the worst. <laughs> I, I, it's actually funny. That... I'd, I'd be more sad to yeah. see Wilford die than Zara. <laughs> I would too. And, and you know. That's another, I guess, good reason why he shouldn't be the leader. Like, Zara is Zara's not exact. like, what Audrey is to Wilford, Zara's not exactly the same, but she's kind of the same. She's, like, the thing that Leighton will never make a decision that goes against her or hurts her. <clears throat> and you can kidnap her and Leighton will do whatever. He, well, that's, why, that's why Wilford kept her yeah. close all that time, right, to control Andre. Well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. She's horrible. She might be my least favorite person on the show. I think. I hate her more than LJ. I mean, LJ's not a good character. Like, I feel like LJ... They never LJ's entertaining, at least. She is. I feel like after the detective story ended, they never knew what to do with her. Right? Yeah. And she's... Um, and so she doesn't have a real purpose, but yeah, at least she's entertaining. Um, so, I mean, I guess the, the other thing that I mean, the lie is bad, right? Like, why oh, Layton can't so just like why why Layton couldn't just say we found a like to say we found a survivor? I think would be enough to make everybody excited and happy. Uh huh. To say I like the same thing last week. we have the yeah. and like we have the data that shows the Horn of Africa is warm, which is funny because the Horn of Africa, like, I mean, I. I don't know why some more Sahelian, some really hot part of the world is like the Sahel is a much hotter part of Africa, right? Than the Horn. Um, I mean, parts of it are hot or whatever. But anyway, like why he can't just be like, like we have the data. Look at it. I'll show it to you. Come here to the engine and look on this computer and I'll show you that it's warm there. Uh, it's, and by the way, we also found a survivor and like, that's a good enough reason for you to be excited, right? Like they found a person who survived yeah. eight years. So if one person did, maybe other people did in other places, right? Like why he's got to tell this lie? That's kind of a weakness in the script, maybe that it's not really well. I mean, I guess he said like they don't have enough evidence, because what the the weakest part of the whole thing is that they're going on Andre's dream that he saw a big tree. But yeah, right? but it's it's but you know what though, it it might feel a little weak. But it's perfectly, it's completely Andre. It's not the first time he's made a, a dumb decision and told people things, to, you know, like this. That, I mean, this is, I mean, obviously his lie is a little bigger in the grand scheme, but this is very typical Andre yeah. with the way he's handling it. And, and that's why I don't really have a, I mean, I, I'm mad at Andre, but I don't have a problem with it story-wise because it's in character. Um, I would like to learn, what's the survivor's name? I keep forgetting the survivor's name that they found. What's her name? Her name is um, Asha. 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 I don't know why I can't, I can't remember Asha. Anyway, 
Um, I want to know, I want more of her flashbacks because there's more going on with her. I think she's got other, other, other lies <laughs> that she hasn't told everybody about other than just that she came from this nice tropical place. <laughs> yeah. There's so, more stories so to what happened Andre, to her and her people. She's told Andre that they slowly one by one died of radiation poisoning. Um, but she seems to be having some flashbacks to fighting some of them, right? Yeah. And also, like, she, she's like the people on Fear the Walking Dead. She has no, like, why doesn't she have radiation poisoning? She lived in a nuclear reactor for eight years also, right? Um, and they all died and she didn't, so. Her little um, quick flash that. reminded, it, it was reminiscent of, um, for me, it was reminiscent of Danielle saying they all have the sickness. The sickness, yeah. <laughs> the sickness. Um. I do think you. What were you saying? You're saying it's really in character for Andre to like make this decision based on his dream. And I was gonna. I had something in mind about that. That I, I was gonna say it was also in character. Something else that also made sense, but I forget. I can't remember. Anyway, um, I mean, we'll see. That's gonna be a slow burn that we're not gonna really learn. I wonder if they'll even get to New Eden, as he's calling it, by the end of the season. Well, we got like, six left. We've talked about so, we, we've talked about this a lot. That once they get off the train, how do you have a show, right? Like yeah. this show is about being on the train, and and how can they ever get to a destination? I mean, right? That was kind of the worst thing. Well, like the thing. other shows have been once, ruined by that. Like the worst. once you yeah. once you get to the destination, the show has to end. The hundred should have ended. And, and we have a. Um, and we have and we have another season, so that's sixteen episodes we got left. So we, so yeah. so basically, we've got in my world, I'd say about fourteen of those episodes should be getting to the horn. <laughs> yeah, and maybe they get there in the end, just like. Yeah, I don't want to get there. This, I don't want to get there. I don't want to get. I don't want to see them off the train next season. Yeah. Like, they should get where they're going, and then it ends. Exactly. Right? Without a like polar bear there. It ends on this, on this kind of hopeful note. Yeah, the way the, tra- the, way the original ended, that it was kind of hopeful <laughs> that someone could survive. Um, so uh, I guess that's about everyone this week. Everything yeah. that happened this week, huh? Anything else you guys got about this show? Anything else, anything else you got, Jamie? No, I think that's about it. I got to be careful. I don't want to go to, you know. That's why I usually look at a recap, but I can't even do that because I can't get anything to come up. So, sorry about that. So, that's it for Jamie this week. Good. Yeah. Boba Fett and Discovery left. Okay. Well, then that's it for me. I'm going to take off. I'm going to go to bed now. (laughs) All right. Get some slip (laughs) wraps. All right. I don't know. Need some like, sleep. I was, Stop staying up to four in the morning. I was ready to do my interview with Teresa. It was like seven o'clock, and I was like ready to fall asleep. When I was waiting for her, I'm like, God, I got to stay awake for the interview. So I said, It's not you. It's definitely <laughs> me. I'm just really sleepy. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, Have Jamie. A good night. Have a good night. All right, Bye-bye. Jamie. Good night. Close to you next week. All right. We're cutting out one more batch of cookies to put in the oven. Um, so, uh, was, how about Discovery first? Because we, we'll probably okay. talk a little bit longer about Boba Fett, don't you think? Um, Good point. Uh, 
surprisingly, I don't know, in some there were some things really to, that I enjoyed about this episode, but surprisingly little happened for the storyline for it being like, I, I think television has me conditioned that when you come back from a, from a mid-series break, like the mid-season premiere is often a, a big episode. I have the feeling that that wasn't really what was intended. Like this show was never intended that way. Like, like after it was made, the Paramount decided to break it in the middle to show this other thing. Um, I don't feel like this was written to be the mid-winter, the mid-season premiere the way somebody like Walking Dead does or other kinds of shows. This was just the next episode. And watching them a month out, like with a month break, I think made me have some expectations that I shouldn't have. Um, it was okay, but not a ton happened. I was irritated at the, like, the information dump in the last few minutes where, like, we get all this information about species, what's it called? Species C10? Spe- species, species, whatever, race, it is, whatever right. it's called. Yeah. The new aliens or whatever. I keep wanting to call them CoQ10. I think they're called C10. Um, and in the last, in the last, literally the last minutes of the episode, they're like, oh, by the way, we found out they have all this technology and they can annihilate us and the mining and blah, 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 right? And I was like, well, wait a minute. This is like huge information to drive the plot forward. And you're not giving it really any, um, any time for me to think about it, right? Um, well, it's because they're going to, they're going to delve into it more, I'm sure, next week. Um, yeah. But I, 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 I enjoyed the, the, I the sort of casino part. Yeah, I enjoyed all that in the casino, and and I enjoyed seeing Book and uh, Book and Burnham's relationship has been a highlight of this show for a long time. For me, I don't know about you, it's one of the best parts of the show. I think. Yeah, I like the, I, I like their relationship. It's it's not t- it's not your typical relationship. It's definitely um, entertaining, <laughs> to say the least. Um, what I liked about it this yeah. week, though, like I really, I really enjoyed, and I felt the struggle for both of them. Like they're both on this path of doing what they think is right, and they're both right and they're both wrong. You know, and they both, and they know that they both. You know, it's like you could see the struggle between the two of them. But I do like that, you know, during during the, the, the card game, when push came to shove, they're like, all right, I don't want you to have it. You don't want me to have it. But these two definitely can't win. So let's clear yeah. the table of them, and then we'll, you know, get down to brass tacks. But, and I like at the end, we find out that Michael knew she, there was no way she could beat him. So she mm-hmm, preempted mm-hmm. by putting a tracker, a tracker on it to begin with, which was a brilliant move. Um, yeah. And, you know, and, and one thing I like about this season that I've noticed um, is, you know, you think about all the classic Star Trek shows, um, your bridge crew is generally pretty fleshed out. I mean, you know, most people, most people that have watched Star Trek, you know, since the beginning can name the entire bridge crew of pretty much all the shows. Mm-hmm. With... With this show, you don't really we don't really know the bridge crew as well as some of the other characters that are on the ship, and I like that this season they're starting to flush them out a little more and take you know and they're going on away missions with with, because most away missions it's like Michael 
and, you know, one other person, you know. So I like that they're kind of trying to incorporate them more. Um, I I, I don't know about you, but to me, it was so obvious what they were doing, that they were hustling that guy in the ring um, when she kept losing and going, give me one more shot, one more shot. And, you know, once they got to, like, 42 to 1 odds, they were like, all right, now it's time to make lots of money. Yeah. (laughs) Which I thought was a brilliant rope-a-dope strategy. I kind of wish we knew a little bit more about her background and how she became a skilled cage fighter <laughs> or a super warrior, whatever, right? Like, we don't know yeah. that much. Isn't Janet also the character who last season was like, I can hold my breath a really long time. I'll go inside and yes. take a bomb. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's not, um, I don't know if she's human or I think she's human. Um, she doesn't appear to be like a humanoid. She has no um, obvious characteristics that they usually give you on Star Trek, right? Um, but wherever she grew up and whatever, she has all these skills, and she's an amazing fighter, um, which we kind of never knew. Uh, I did like that. I like that story. I agree with you. I like that we're getting to know some of them more than just the main like command officers who we've known for the last few years. Um, I I liked the whole like heist adventure. It wasn't really a heist, but it was kind of like, you know, a heist adventure. I like it coming down to a game of poker. I, I, and this is the Burnham that we have known. It's actually not the Burnham they set up this season. That's a little annoying, but we've always known Burnham is this person that like bends the rules, skirts the rules, breaks the rules to do what's right, to win. And, you know, I mean, We've seen her mutiny. We've seen her be court-martialed, all the stuff. But I guess what's a little annoying about it was I thought this season was the season where Burnham was supposed to learn that if you're the captain, you can't do this shit, right? And yet somehow, not only is she not learning it, but this week the Admiral's like, okay, I want you to bend the rules and, like, do whatever it takes and whatever, right? Like, she's now, like, I don't know. I thought, like, we were going to – I thought they had set it up to be a different journey for her. The it was very encourage her. Yeah, it was it was very Kirk like. You know, she found but I mean she found she got that data which was which was helpful in that information dump at the end of the episode. And it, you mm-hmm. know, like she said, she's like, you know, I went there for this. I was but yeah, I was hoping I was gonna run in the book. You know. That was you know, because so she didn't do anything wrong because she went there to get the information and, hey, bonus, I get to try and stop book at the same time without doing okay. what you told me not to do. That's the bend the rule, not break the rule thing, right? And that, and that the admiral right. has encouraged her to do it, and the yeah. president doesn't punish her for it. And the president has encouraged her in the past. Um, right. Yeah, I, I mean. See, in, in, I, in the I past, guess, Michael. She, Michael in the past just would have gone straight after book and not done and not she she wouldn't have bent the rules she would have flat up shattered them because she would have done what she wanted to do so it, it's still growth especially considering the admiral is the one put the idea in her head in the first place yeah and she still might um, like by the end of the episode it yeah. it does look like a must do everything you can I I get I guess I'm just yeah. wondering where her journey's going because I I thought I think we both felt at the beginning of the season they were setting it up that this is the season that Burnham 
has to really come to terms that you can't just do whatever you know you can do. Burnham's always like, it's the right thing to do. Or she's like, I know I can do it. I know I can do it. Just let me right. do it, right? And never, like, never well, I think having... It, I think there's going to... Yeah, I think there's going to come a point when that does happen where she has to, you know, I just think, don't think she's quite there yet. Um, however... For me, the absolute highlight of the episode was when they were chasing the, the changeling and they were trying to figure out how he was cheating and they realized he was a changeling. And then he turned into a tribble. That yeah. had me <laughs> laughing hysterically. I was like, he turned into a tribble. Super fast uh, That was great. <laughs> that was great. I love the fact um, I love the fact they found a way to put a tribble in the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that was you know great. what? Something, uh, like, I don't know, like, what it was watching the episode. All of a sudden, like, I knew it already, but it's like, this realization all the time. I was like, wow. I was like, this is such a brilliant idea what they did with Discovery, bringing them into the future. Because they started out as a prequel show, you know, 10 years before Kirk. And now they're way beyond anything else in, in in Star Trek. So it's just, it's kind of, it's an interesting idea that they, I don't know if that was always their plan um, to jump in the future like this, but it just, it, I like it because a lot of times with prequel stuff, you, you tend to kind of retcon maybe something that's already come before and it kind of screws things up a little, but this is a nice way, you know, a nice way to continue, yeah. you know, advance the show without screwing anything up. No, it's brilliant that they freed themselves from canon and the things like that we talked about yeah. last week on Boba Fett and we'll talk about this week on Boba Fett. Like last week how we were like, look, Grogu, we know where Grogu's going because he can't become a Jedi Master because that ruins the next like three movies, right? So right. like you're stuck. Uh, with, I mean, not always. I mean, there are shows that can mess with canon love, but it's nice that they did, they said, you know, it was prequel and then it's like, um, it's not anymore. Um, and yet they still have another, there's a Pike series coming, which is sort of a prequel, but not right. Because, um, it'll be Pike. Now we know that we know how Pike dies in star. I mean, Pike died. We know how Pike dies and we know where Pike's story goes all from the, from the pilot really of the original, Series, right? Right. Um, well, they so used we footage of going, the original but... pilot. Yeah, they used footage from the original yeah. pilot in an episode of Star Trek: The Original Series. Yeah. Um, so we kind of know where that's going, but anyway, yeah, it is brilliant the way they did it. Um, uh, I do feel like some stuff was rushed in this episode. Um, I, like, there's a few things that are uh, like, I feel like the whole part about Doctor. Stamets, oh, what Hugh. is Stamets' boyfriend? Hugh. Hugh. Like, Hugh's, Hugh's emotional and mental issues, like, like his own, his work stress and what he's taking on and all that, I feel like that was kind of rushed a little bit um, in I the agree. last few episodes. And his nervous breakdown was basically five minutes of cleaning and yelling at a robot. Um, and that <laughs> they're pushing, right? They're pushing a breakdown that they're not play out in a way that has stakes. Um, yeah. Uh, and these two need to, and last season it was Tammet's having the breakdown, and, like, these two need to, like, figure some shit out, but I feel like they're not giving Hugh, like, enough time to play that emotional no, thing happening. Yeah, I definitely, I agree. I definitely feel like that was 
And it's funny too because at first I thought he was he was missing the kids. And then yeah. he started saying about you know, and then he started talking about book, and I was like, okay, like I felt like if they wanted to like gradu you know gradually do this, I mean the kids would have been where you start, you know, like you know, it's just that he misses the kids, and that's why he's kind of been this little bit of a funk in it, whatever. And then maybe next week be like, you know, this whole thing with book, you know, I I agree, I feel like it was rushed, and I was really surprised when it, it book is what set him off well you know but i think there's this bigger thing that you know he's not supposed to be the ship's doctor but he's having to be the ship's counselor you know he was the ship's doctor and then now 900 people bloop into the future and like everyone you've ever known is dead and you're alone and whatever and he's got all this like emotional stuff of he's got to be the ship's counselor and star trek always had a separate ship's counselor from the ship's doctor right um and he's being the counselor, and he's and he's and he's taking on everybody else's stress along with his own, and it's all it comes to a head with book, right? Like book is the main guy right now, but I, I think, like I think they're trying to show. I think they were trying to show us before book that this was coming. But you're right. So book is the mm-hmm. is like the big thing that he's like. I should have seen it coming. I should have seen it. Um, and and like the hologram guy is like cut yourself some slack, but. Like, the hologram guy doesn't say to him, like, look, you're not a counselor, and you're doing two jobs, and that's really hard, and, you know, whatever. Yeah. First of all, why can't Starfleet get a counselor on that ship? Like, whatever. Now they're in Starfleet, <laughs> and they're, every five minutes they're back at each, at the yeah. star base, or whatever it's called. Get a ship's counselor on there. Find a Betazoid somewhere. Yeah. Get an empath on that Good ship. Um, but I think, but I feel like we wouldn't be having this conversation if they'd given Hugh a little more space to... Completely. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was definitely it was definitely rushed. Yeah, um, I mean, it's at the expense of uh, uh, of Michael and Book. I mean, the bigger storyline is getting the time, and that's hard for me because I I've always liked the way they wrote. I love that, like when when they when last season started, and they had come to the future, that when we met Book, he and Burnham had been together for a year already. And we saw this yeah. really like um, mature and fully like a, like a real partnership relationship that had been going. We didn't have to see them flirt and get together and figure it out. Like they were a right. team, they were partners, they were in love, and and I believed it really from the first episode. Um, yeah, they're great. They've done. A, they are great, and I thought it was great. This like the threat that they might not be able to stay together. Like it's real. I feel it. I buy it. Yeah. Do you buy it? I mean, are well, like just gonna stay together? Oh, absolutely. Even I, I, what I, you know, it's like that. Um, the uh, the owner of the casino, he even says he's like, listen, he's like, I don't know what's going on. He goes, but he goes, I don't care about these things. He goes, but I really hope you two can work it out. <laughs> you know, like even, <laughs> and it, you know, it's just even that added to it. You know, like with all these other people, that, you know, that see it, and and it's just they have really great chemistry together on TV, and the way they wrote it. It's, it's believable. I mean, we talk about all the time on some shows how we feel like the people, are, they're only together because the script tells us that they're together, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But this this uh, feels I mean, genuine. It, helps that, it help, helps that they're both such good actors. I mean, David Ajala might yeah. be the best actor on the show. Um, I love David Ajala. Despite having made, 
despite having made one of our most hated shows ever, Falling Water. Um, remember Falling Water? Oh, I forgot he was in that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Falling Water, that's, that's, I wanted to like Falling Water, but it was just bad. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to like it too. But um, but he's really great. He's one of the best actors in the show. Sonequa Martin-Green is a great actress, and I'm so glad she got off The Walking Dead and got on this way, way better show. <laughs> um, you know, uh, but, yeah, they have great chemistry. They're really good together. It's, a, it's one of the few really believable relationships, right, in the shows that we watch. Um, and, yeah, I, the threat that those two might not make it is, is – like, that was a little heartbreaking. And you know that Michael is going to choose Starfleet. And and we mm-hmm. know that Book knows that Michael's going to choose Starfleet. Yeah. The other thing I really liked about this episode, I liked that we finally got an episode that was a throwback to, like, like her time. At, like, so they keep calling them couriers. They keep saying that Book and Michael were couriers, but courier is smuggler. They were smugglers, right? And that she had a life of crime. She had a life of crime for a whole year, right? Uh, not crime, but like smug. All right, smuggling is probably a crime, right? Um, like, or like a little bit of a shady, like, job or whatever, right? Dealing with unsavory people. Yeah. Like, okay, like they were Han Solo and, and, I don't want to say yeah. he's Han Solo and he's <laughs> Chewy. The cat is Chewy, maybe. But they were Han Solo. Um, and I really like that we had an episode that sort of acknowledged that and made that useful. Um, yeah. And where everything that book taught Michael sort of, like, comes back to bite him a little bit, right? He actually says, he's, yeah. like, he's like, how'd you find me? He's like, how'd you find me? And she's like, do you really have to ask that? Like, of course I found you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, there was a lot to like. It was just a little, I hated the info dump at the end when they're like, we found out that species C10 has this superior technology. And they're like, we use science to like find out there. So they're mining these microscopic subatomic particles that they use to power their, so their spaceship or their entire civilization is inside a gigantic Faraday cage that they power with these little bits they're mining, right? Well, and then they, someone says, basically, they're, they're, yeah, they're mining, yeah, they're, they're mining whatever these microscopic things are, and that, that's, and that's what, you know, that's what this, the, um, the anomaly is, is a, um, a piece of mining equipment, and the president even says, right. like, this is just their, a tool. Can you imagine what their weapons are like? Yeah. And if book attacks them, we're all doomed, right? Um, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I think it's obvious where this is going. I think by the end of the season, they're going to meet these beings who probably don't appear. Well, yeah. They probably like some sort of energy force or whatever. And they're going to be like, oh, our bad. We're sorry. We didn't know we were wiping out your insignificant puny planet with our mining machine. We'll be more careful in the future. Right? Like, that's where this is yeah, going. Yeah, I don't see that There's happening. No... I don't see that happening. You don't see that happening? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't see them being that, oops, my bad. <laughs> well, Okay, so maybe I've oversimplified it, but I don't see a storyline where the Federation somehow was able to beat them, to subjugate them, right? Maybe they invite them to join the Federation or something, but I don't see any sort of, any, like, 
violent altercation where Starfleet can win, right? I'm not sure where it's going to go, actually. Unless somehow they do this mining mining machine and they forgot to make weapons or something. I don't know. I just right now see it being like some sort of like, we have to get through to them. Like somehow they're about to get wiped, but Michael convinces them to not wipe them out. That that I can happened, see. How many times? How many times has that happened? Not only on this show, but on Star Trek. Yeah, two or three on this show. A hundred times for Picard, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see. You're right. We shouldn't spec. Who we'll knows see. where that's going? I shouldn't speculate on it. Uh, it was a decent episode. I mean, you could be right. You you could totally be right. But I just I, maybe it was the way you said it. <laughs> like picturing it. You know, picturing these like these like light being aliens going, Oh, my bad <laughs> Okay. Perhaps I oversimplified it. But um yeah. they might not right. even realize that they're wiping out sentient planets of people or whatever. Right. I don't know. But but no, anyway. All right. Yeah. So let's let's All move right. on to a sh- a show that you didn't like as much. Boba Fett. Mm, Boba Fett. I'm gonna, I gotta say the same thing. There was some stuff to like in this episode, and some stuff that I like had some issues with in this episode. And oh, and then we can talk about like how it how it worked as a whole season, which also problematic, right? Yeah. Uh, so why don't you? I talked a lot about the last show. Why don't you, um, big Star Wars fan, go first? So, I understand now why they spent so much time with Grogu and Luke in the previous episode. That I did not like how much time they spent. I still don't. I still don't feel like they. I still feel like they spent way too much time with Grogu and Luke. Um, they could have gotten yeah. to Luke telling him to make a choice sooner than what they gave us. Yeah. But it is what it is. You know, and I was, I guess it was really funny, actually, when you see the X-Wing coming in, I was like, oh, my God, that's how they're going to win. Luke's going to take everybody out with lightsabers. All right. And then you find out Luke's not there. And I was like, God damn it. This, this, what was the yeah. point of that? And then I was like, oh, duh, yeah. R2. Fl- and, then, and then it dawned on me, R2 was flying the X-Wing because I'm like, bro, who can't fly? And I was like, oh, wait, R2. So. R2's flying it, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, was, I mean, I enjoyed most of the episode. Um, it had some cliche moments where it looked like all was doomed, and then Vance uh, people showed up. Free, free, the people from Freetown showed up to kind of save the day a little bit. Um, I don't like that it took Boba Fett so long to go get the Rancor monster. I thought about the Rancor monster like ten minutes before that. I was like, why hasn't he gotten the? Why didn't he bring the Rancor monster? And then Boba Fett's like. I'll be right back. And I went, he's going to get the Ranker Monster now. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> um, you know, there was a lot of things I liked about it. There was a Rancor. It was a Chekhov's gun. Yeah. There, I, I had I had a um, a Godfather moment. I don't know if you picked up on it, but when he tells that, that snivelly little guy, he's like, maybe we could, like, tell them what we want, and I'll go out there. And they're like, oh, this is a good idea. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, obviously this dude's an idiot, and they're just using him as a diversion. And he went out, and he read it, and he goes, this, these, are, these are Boba Fett's demands. And he goes, I'll give you um, – this can't be right. Uh, it says nothing. 
which for for me I immediately I immediately thought about um, the Godfather when when um, in the first movie when Michael that's what he offers the other families before he takes them all out he mm-hmm. offers them nothing nothing so yeah. that that totally reminded me of that um, you know the fighting sequences were pretty good um, Grogu putting the Rancor to sleep my I looked at Arya and I said why didn't Luke think of that in in Empire and Return of the Jedi instead of killing right? it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Grogu is not nearly as advanced as Luke was. And, you know, and I, one thing I do love about Grogu, though, when Grogu uses the Force, it really takes it out of him. When Grogu, yeah. you know, exerts himself, he, like, he, takes a, he has to take a nap. Use the Force, take a nap. <laughs> um, and it was kind of cute seeing Grogu lay next to the Rancor. But um, I was upset. I, I, I kind of knew it had to happen, um, the showdown with, with uh, Cad Bane and Boba Fett. I, I enjoyed that uh, a lot, um, especially I know their history through Clone Wars. I did not want uh, Cad Bane to die, but I said, I, you know, immediately I was like, I said to Artie, I was like, I was, gonna, I was like, ah, I wanted, I wanted this fight, but I was like, Cad Bane's going to die. And he's like, no, he's not. I was like, well, Boba Fett can't die. It's his show. I was like... I was like, they yeah. they can't both walk away from this fight. I was like, it, I was like, it can't, you know. I was like, it just it's not happening. Um, and I was actually, it was really cool because like, you know, Boba's getting his ass kicked, and then, and then he pulls out the staff, and I was like, holy shit, I forgot about the staff from the from yep, the same. sand people. I was like, that's I, was like, that's I like the way they did that. Um, Artie's convinced that the Cad Bane is still alive. Um, <laughs> I was like, he's not, <laughs> but Artie won't let it go. <laughs> Um, so, so, but I enjoyed the fight, and then the uh, I, I like how it ends though, because we all agree it was very problematic with this new, uh, new thought process of Boba Fett, where he's tra- this kind of gentler Boba Fett. I think he and uh, what's the face there Thanks. at the end realize, yeah, realize this isn't working. And I think if it does get renewed, which I'm pretty sure it's going to, um, season two, they're going to be off world. They're not going to be on Tatooine because they would say, you know, if it's, you know, if, if you're not running it, who are you going to give it to? And they, you know, and then you see the, the mod kids and it's kind of implied that they're going to give it to the, you know, let the people run it themselves. But then you saw the post credit scene, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In the um, post credit scene, uh, Tim- you see, Timothy you see yeah. Cobb Van. Cobb, Cobb Vanth in the in the tank. Um, so then you realize that Cobb Vanth is and the mod let man. him run and the, things. And, and the, the mod, mod yeah, the guy's like, mod again. Yeah. yeah. Doing whatever to yeah. him. So. So there are some things I'm surprised to hear you say. Um, so I thought this episode was kind of mixed. And yes, this episode is a little bit colored by my opinions about the season in general, right? Which, you know, are kind of mixed. Um, You know, I have some issues. There are some things I really like. I, I, I don't really, so yeah, I like seeing Grogu arrive in the X-Wing at Pelly's place, come to see Pelly. And uh, look, Amy, Amy, uh, what's her name? Amy uh, Sedaris is great in that Sedaris. role. 
um, as a bit of comic relief. I liked Grogu coming in the X-Wing to them. That was great. I liked, you know, R2. I agree with you on all of that. I didn't love the way the reunion with Manda was rushed through a comic like rickshaw theme. And I think, I think part of my problem is this whole season of the book of Boba Fett should have been three or four episodes in the Mandalorian season three. And I don't know why they chose to reunite Grogu and Mando in a different show than the Mandalorian. Like, why would you do that? Like, uh, like because Boba Fett needed help. Uh, yeah, but there was so much important Mandalorian storyline with the dark saber, and we and we see yeah. we see Din wield the dark saber in this episode, and there was so much important Mandalorian storyline that that happened into Boba Fett, and and really took Boba like. Okay, first of all, that belongs to the Mandalorian. Second of all, that's time they could have spent actually developing Boba Fett and Fennec Shan into characters and people that I could believe, oh, I which I really, right? Anyway, I don't love that they, like, dumped that reunion into the the rickshaw scene. It was still really great to see. Oh, my God, you see that little Grogu, like, literally jumped up to hug Din? Like, jumped into yeah. his arms. Uh, that was so cute. Um, uh but I, you know, I had some, I'm, so the Vespa gang continues to be one of my, I don't really like how they the tried Vespa to gang. make the Vespa gang, how they tried to make the Vespa gang be characters all of a sudden in this episode. And now Dasha, Dar- Darsha, whatever her name is, the girl who's like the leader of the Vespas, um, she, you know, she is having lines and she, and she's, the girl who's the leader of like the Freetown people and they're like having this banter about like, I used to live here. I know. Like, I just felt like, wait, are they characters? Like, why are they having a conversation? Do I care about them in the last episode? Don't try to make them people now after not like making her a person for this whole, you know, I, I, I didn't really love a lot of that battle. Those battle scenes were not, I thought well directed or well shot or didn't make a ton of sense stakes were low because nobody I cared about was in danger. Like, it, it was like the Vespa gang and a bunch of, like, like Richards who we'd never seen before showed up, right, the Freetown people. And I, yeah. they, I felt like they put a lot of time into that, into these people. Meanwhile, we barely saw any of Fennec, who Fennec infiltrates the Pike Syndicate and takes them out. Whatever. But that wasn't, that wasn't telegraphed to us. So for much of the episode, I'm like, why are they showing these people? Yeah. Where's Fennec? Why are they criminally underusing Ming-Na Wen and letting these Vespa people talk? When I don't know where Fennec is, what is going on here? So like, Wait, you should you, you should have known where Fennec was because Boba told her to go take go to the the council. Is that what he told called them? The he told he basically told her to go take yeah. He, but he told he told her to go there. <laughs> that was yeah, where she was going yeah. the whole time. All right, I guess so I would have liked to see her. I guess oh, yeah. I, I, okay. So yeah, I guess I would have liked to see her sneaking in and maybe being in danger or whatever. Like 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 the, instead of having to see people that I don't care about and never saw before, like have like be like who cares if they all get shot up? Whatever, they're red shirts, right? Yeah. That's what they're there for to get shot. Um. So yeah. So like I did have some yeah, but. And I'm surprised to hear you say that you were happy with the Kate. Who's the bad guy? The blue bad guy, Cade. Cad Bane. 
Ted Bean. Ted Bean. So I was sure you'd be upset because I, who'm not even a Star Wars person, I'm like, wait, introduce this big sort of legendary person from both the past, and he's only in two episodes, and he's going to get immediately killed. Like, he, if you're going to have a season two of Boba Fett. Shouldn't his lifelong – so this guy, like, trained him and was a mentor. To... There is this part where Boba Fett says, I'm not a little kid anymore, right? And then he kills him. I was kinda, I'm kind of with Artie that could he – like, would you – I don't know how big a character he is, but would you introduce him he's and then have character. killed immediately? He's, what, he's a big character? Yeah, no, I, don't get me wrong. I wasn't happy about it, but I understood it. So there are people – look, I also – AJ, agree with you that I thought it was great the way they had Boba disarmed and then he gets out his Tuscan Raider stick and, and kills Cat Bane with it. That was kind of great. I mean, I actually yelled. Bane. I actually yelled when he killed yeah. him. I was like, no! <laughs> but I understand so there people, it. There are people on the internet pointing out that the blinking red light on his armor was still blinking after Boba yeah. lying there and walks away, right? Something... I mean, it's a machine. Yeah. Is that something Artie said? Is that Artie yeah, Artie said that point. Yeah, that's his argument. Uh, I mean, it's, so, it's, it's totally uh, plausible that he's alive, but... I, I mean, to me, it's plausible because the bigger argument is why would you even bring him in and then yes. have him... Especially when... Okay, so if you're a Star Wars fan to the level that you are, you understand why it's a big deal for Boba to kill him. But for the casual yeah. Star Wars fan like me, it's like, well, whatever. Why they, like, what was the big deal? They brought this guy in and now they right. killed him, whatever. Yeah. Like, um, so that was a little, um, to me, I'm like, what was the, yeah. Um, so when I saw the Rancor rampaging, um, I immediately thought of King Kong, right? Like, I mean, it was totally an homage to King Kong. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Scene. Uh, I immediately thought of, like, the the, – I thought of the original, like, 1930-whatever, like, like Harryhausen version of King Kong climbing up there. Um, And I loved when Din was like, stop shooting at it, you're scaring it. Although I thought, like, why is this Boba's line? Like, why is Boba not – like, yeah. I was like, why is Boba not subduing it? Like, it's bonded to Boba. Boba just has to say stop and it pretty much will. And then I was like, oh, because Grogu is going to put it to sleep. That's awesome. Um, yeah, you know what's funny about the I mean, Rancor is when he got the Rancor, and, you know, he, he, when the, well, when those machines, when the, the shooting machines first showed up, he's like, he's like, we got to stop them. They're going to destroy the town. Then as soon as he got the Rancor, the Rancor did more damage to the town than than, than the, the than the robots did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. And and I I was kind of like so everybody loves Boba at the end. And it's like the opposite of the Avengers, where the Avengers saved the world and everyone's like, You totally destroyed New York, you assholes. You guys need to be banned. <laughs> yeah. Um he has you know, everybody loves Boba at the end. Um uh, what was I going to say? I lost my train of thought a little bit there. Um, yeah, I, so at the end, I, I also, I'm not sure, uh, the end when you brought up this point where they're like, maybe this isn't working out. Like, we're not these kind of people. Like, Boba's like, this is, we're not these kind of people. And Fennec's like, if not us, then who? 
and then they then there's this post credit scene where it's Cobb Vance is alive, right? So I think clearly the idea is like they would leave, uh, yeah. a la you know, and be like this is the beginning, like walk off and go someplace else, and Cobb Vance takes over, um, Tatooine, uh, most Espa. Whether he gets a yeah. show or not, I mean, I doubt it. Tim the Elephant has other stuff going on, maybe. Um, but I feel like that's where it's going. Although the show is not greenlit for a second season yet. You feel confident it'll no. get one, huh? I'm not so sure. I'm sure it will. Yeah, I got to believe Disney has a huge multi-show plan. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. Part of me was like, if they leave, like, kind of what's the point? But obviously, I mean, I mean, they didn't write it for this reason. But to me, like, this isn't working, and I would rather see Boba um, leave Tatooine and do something. I mean, I think part of yeah. part of my ultimate problem with this show is good guy or a bad guy. And do you think like this show did anything to tell you more about who he is? Because for me, it, in the end, it kind of didn't. That's an excellent question. I mean, guess, <laughs> I mean, I guess was was he ever really a bad? I mean, he's a bad guy in Star Wars because he's he's trying to catch Han Solo, right? Or yeah, I mean, the, he's a, like, he's, a he bounty, was, he's a bounty hunter, so he's not really good right. or bad in that es- essence. I mean, and Mando's a bounty hunter, also. Mando's a bounty hunter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I mean, you can be a bounty hunter and, and be a good person. Um, yeah, but I wouldn't, I, you know, I'd never really classify Boba Fett as, as necessarily good or bad, you know, Boba Fett's always just been a badass, <laughs> you know, yeah. regardless I mean, of, of his, his neutrality. Right. I mean, in this series, he tries to take over a criminal syndicate. So I guess that makes you kind of a right. bad person because... Ultimately, the yeah. people who pay for criminal syndicate are the residents of Mos Espa, right? Um, yeah. So there's that part of it. Um, I I just feel like at the end of it, he's as much of a blank slate as he was in the original movie when I saw him say, you know, whatever. Um, I mean, like they didn't really. But I mean, Boba. I mean, even as a kid, I mean, he was definitely, I mean, I mean, like I said, the whole good, bad thing, I mean, he was definitely more of a criminal as a child when he was a kid and a teenager and everything, you yeah. know, before, you know, growing up to be, to become who we see in Empire. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And I mean, you know, and when you work for Jabba the Hutt, you're not exactly doing, I mean, granted, Solo also works for Hutt, so, you know, um, yeah. it's definitely gray areas there. Um, I feel like the Tuscans might have softened him up a little too much. I, I feel like that's yeah. where his real change came from. And that, I mean, that was definitely the point of them making us watch like four episodes of that, right? Was to see yeah. how he was going to change by being with them. Um, I mean, we. I, I feel like we haven't really seen him so he doesn't believe – so the Mandalorian has a creed. He's so driven by the creed, right? Din is all about the Mandalorian creed. And Boba doesn't believe it. 
Like, Boba doesn't follow the creed or believe in any of that yeah. mumbo jumbo or whatever, right? But then he sort of also, like, respects it and goes along with it um, to a degree. Um, so it's not really like, like, I don't know. We didn't really see the change in Boba that maybe we could have. Um, it might be, like, would this second season be better if we just saw Fennec and Boba on adventures? The way much of the much of the first season, The Mandalorian established his character by seeing him. I mean, on yes. this mission, yeah. and then there were side there were side missions on the road to like his main mission with Grogu or whatever, right? Right. Look at Grogu. Um, he like Boba's just not. They just didn't make Boba a compelling character that I really want to see what happens to him next. But do I care if he leaves Tatooine or not? Whatever. He's a he's a cipher. Now, like. Well, see, I care because I'm hoping that they from, can make make it better. <laughs> yeah. So Boba's a clone, right? And his yeah. father, whose name is Django, Django Fett, right? Yep. Django Fett is a Mandalorian, right? That's why Boba has Boba has the armor, Mandalorian armor, because his father yeah. was a Mandalorian, right? Yes. So there's always a chance for him to embrace the way a little more. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where the show's well, going to I I don't either. And that's that's that that's why I hope this is season two, so they can improve upon what this first season wasn't. Yeah. Um, see, that's it the thing. In the, expand, in the expanded in, in the expanded universe, um, Boba become, is a Mandalorian. Because he oh, actually yeah. goes to Mandalore, and uh, like there's, yeah, there's a lot that happens in the expanded universe. Well, I would like to point out that John John Favreau and Dave Filoni they did not write yeah, the Filoni. Mandalorian, right? Filoni. Like somebody else wrote the Mandal. I forget her name. A woman is the head writer on the Mandalorian, right? And she's writing Obi Wan, I think, the Obi Wan show. Um, and maybe, maybe that was, I don't know, the tone, I don't know the tone was so different from The Mandalorian, but the tone was different from episode to episode in Boba Fett. I yeah. think there's another, I don't know, right? Like, episode to episode, I'm like, wait, I'm watching a different show this week. Oh, now I'm watching the show I watched three weeks ago is back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and there was, like, a lot of that going on. Um, and speaking of Obi-Wan, May 22nd, I want to say. 22nd, 25th, something like that, yeah. 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 That'll be back. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah back I don't care if gets back in Tatooine. How many, like, okay, so Boba has to leave Tatooine. If, if there's a second season, Boba has to leave because how much Tatooine can we have, right? It's just not that interesting. I one. know. Um. I really think that they should cancel Boba Fett and let him and Fennec be returning characters like once or twice a season in The Mandalorian. They just really, I wish it's Fennec Shan, I'd watch, I think a Fennec Shan show would be better than like, they really underused that character. And I, particularly in this episode, this last episode, I texted you in the middle of the episode, the dialogue was so shitty in this episode. When, you know, when I talk about this, yeah, I remember you wrote. Who wrote this? 
the dialogue was horrible, and like Fennec has to unload these huge pieces of exposition. The whole beginning of the episode, she's unloading all this exposition, and it's it's not the way people talk. It was just like such awkward dialogue and the phrasing, well, and I'm like, she doesn't talk like this. I don't know if you like, I, I don't know so if you've bad. seen the, the internet, but the inter- the internet is calling for Robert Rodriguez's as head because he directed this episode. Yeah, the direction and his, and his uh, style, his style, his style could definitely be felt in the episode, which was definitely different than anything else we've seen this season. He's he's directed funny, those read, episodes. Didn't he direct the Rancor was, episode what, that Danny Trejo was in? Yeah, he directed that one also. It was so funny. I, I was reading this one thing that said, uh, "Just when we thought we couldn't get anybody worse to touch Star Wars, <laughs> along comes Robert Rodriguez." Yeah. Uh, so the director it's was just, wanting. Yeah, his style is it, 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 his style is very different. It's not usually something like this linear type of thing. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I, I like yeah. a lot of this Robert Rodriguez stuff, but it's very different. The type of stuff he usually yeah. does, and especially yeah. when you're directing somebody else's words and style. Well, like, I mean, I think that there were weaknesses in the direction, but the dialogue was, and the pl- and the plotting and the story was far more of a problem in the direction, right? Like, if we're talking about someone's head, yeah. call for John Favreau's head, not Robert Rodriguez. He's a guest director, and yes, there were issues in the direction. I also thought that some of the CGI sometimes is not quite as good as it could be, although the Rancor itself looks great. Um, but, like, Rodriguez has a script that he has to deliver and yeah and yeah i agree with you that his style was evident and not everyone really appreciates it or it wasn't always up to i mean look he doesn't usually direct like this kind of a show either right? like, that's much, exactly the thing how much like futuristic space stuff do, i mean he he does a lot of like horror and grindhouse and stuff like yeah. that right um, they should they should have had Bryce Dallas Howard direct all the episodes. She finds a way to make them yeah, good. Yeah, she, she was great. <laughs> but, yeah, I, and there, I mean, I wouldn't if I'm gonna call for someone's head, it's not gonna be Robert Rodriguez. Um, no, but no, that's what I love. I, about, that, that was my point, though. That's what I love about the internet. It's always fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and now that I think about it, I'm with you that it'll probably get renewed because. Um, First of all, Disney doesn't have to meet the kind of numbers that that networks do, right? They don't have advertisers. And they just had huge – like, they, they totally killed Netflix this quarter in terms of subscriptions. I read that recently, right? Like, they got a lot of subscribers. People are watching the whole Star Wars universe. People are watching all these shows. Um, and they can renew it. I mean, it's an expensive show, right? But they can renew it and, and like, try to fix it. I, Disney's watching. They, I'm sure Disney is watching and paying attention to the things people are complaining about. Disney knows this show is not what it could have been. Yeah. I mean, there's an argument that should they have let Boba be the enigma and and the fan favorite, like, do you always want to demystify a character? Luckily, they really didn't demystify mm. him. They didn't do that much with him. I still don't know what motivates him or what his deal is, right? Um, yeah. Uh but uh, and in terms of sometimes there's a show that nobody wanted to see that didn't need to be made, 
this is the show everybody wanted to see. This show needed to be made. The Just not the show we got. For sure, right? It's <laughs> not the show we got, but I think fans wanted a Boba Fett show more than they oh, wanted yeah, a Boba Fett show, right? Like, yeah. what, like Obi-Wan, like, I never really thought about what Obi-Wan was. I figured he just lived in a cage and, a cave and kept an eye on Luke. Like, what else was he doing, right? Yeah. Like, who, oh, apparently something else. Um, He's doing other stuff. Apparently. Uh, so, anyway, so, I guess I have right. enough about my disappointment. But, yeah, May 20-something is the new one. Yeah. So, I want to tell you, AJ, before we hang up, that yes. I finished watching All of Us Are Dead. I watched the whole thing. Oh, yeah. And I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a question. I haven't even watched it. I have several friends who in the last couple of weeks rejected my recommendation of this program because it's subtitled. Um, and I know, I know Jamie was like, subtitles, I don't watch subtitles. But I've had a couple of your friends be like, oh, I didn't know it was subtitled, Karen. Um, and I can't, like, pay attention to the show much. And am I, like... Do people know? Am I, is, am I a weirdo because I don't mind a subtitled show? Do you watch subtitled shows? Like I like. I prefer not to because it means I have to pay a hundred and ten percent attention to what yeah. I'm watching. and actually, my problem with subtitle shows, a lot of times, I'll sit there staring at the words and I'm still not looking at the action on the TV. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm looking at the words. Yeah. So generally, if if there's a dub, I generally try to watch. I try to if, if it's not a bad dub, I will put the dubbing on instead of the subtitles. But I mean, it's just you know, it, the problem is people have gotten into such a. We suck as a country. Like oh, subtitles! How dare they? Like, doesn't everybody speak English? You know. Yeah, and while I agree with you, <laughs> so, I'm no, more you're, comfortable. You're I'm not a weirdo. You're watching, not a weirdo. Yeah, I'm certainly. Yeah, I'm more comfortable, of course, watching in my native language. But I can read a subtitle and look at the actor's face. I can rewind if I have to nowadays. And certainly True. a zombie show, you don't have to watch any. You don't have to watch any yeah. subtitle while there's like killing going on. Um, Grr, this show. This show <laughs> I thought was so good, and you know how like. We talk about, is there a show where anybody can die at any minute? And, like, The Walking Dead is this not is that it. show. Like, there are, characters, there are characters with plot armor who will never die, right? There oh. are so many times in the show that I was like, holy shit, that person's not going to die. People that I thought could never die, I'm like, I'm like if one person is going to live, it's this guy. And then he gets killed. And then, like, the next episode, I'm like, okay, like, if one person is going to make it to the now my opinion changes, and maybe this one girl is the one who's going to make it to the end, right? And then I'm like, oh, my God. Did she just die? like I can't, like this is a show that really anyone can die at any time. I like I the way it ended. The people who lived and the one guy. There's a person who I always thought was going to die. Who like yeah. This is a show that I felt like really <laughs> surprised me in terms. I mean, it's a group of high school kids, right? So first of all, they're all kids, right? It's very violent and very. I thought it really did a good job of keeping me on my toes of who's going to live. And it was really like, like there are the feels like they did such a good job with the, with like the, the ensemble really being an ensemble. So I really liked it. I also, since I spoke to you yeah. last, watched I watched all four seasons of the last kingdom. Oh, perfect timing. Cause, cause the trailer just dropped yesterday for season five. <laughs> oh really? I have to watch it. 
Um, yeah, I don't remember. I, mean, I don't remember when it's coming out, but finally, I was able to make a lot of progress. Season three was largely nonsense, and I was able to like run a lot of season three while I was working during the day. Season three is the season where they have that ridiculous blonde witch that is the whole season about the men trying oh, yeah. to kidnap the witch away from each other. Yeah. Um, and I'd be like, oh, this is nonsense. Let me like read some emails while this is going on and pay attention when, when Breed is back on the screen. Um, so that went fast. But yeah, I watched the whole thing. Um, so it's not a show that we'll cover, but I, I blew through it pretty fast. Wow, that's more violent than like most zombie shows. That's incredibly violent. Like the whole show is yeah. people chopping each other's heads off. And it's like Game of Thrones. Like there, there's intrigue at court and people killing each other and threatening to rape women pretty much every episode. Um, March 9th is season five. All right. Final season. Yep. All right. Oh. So that's what I Already have folks. watched. Next up, next up for me is another Korean show. So, all right. <laughs> We're a little late. Oh, my God. Why do we always run late? I'm sorry. I talk too much. We had, we had five shows tonight, and two of them ended, oh, yeah. and so we had a lot to so talk about. So next week we only have three shows. Next week we only have, yep. what do we have next week? We have Snowpiercer? Nope. Alien and Discovery. Okay. All right. All right, folks. See you so next until Tuesday, next then. week, have a good week. Good night, everyone. Good night.